It says he represents the Tanaka clan. You don't look like Tanaka. Shidoshi Tanaka, train. What's the whole up? He says Senzo Tanaka is his Shidoshi. What's the difference if Bruce Winston is a Shidoshi? Mr. Han, suddenly I'd like to leave your island. It is not possible. Bullshit, Mr. Handman. I want you to exit this guy off the premises, and I want you to exit him off the speed and use his head to open the fucking door. Don't ever do nothing like this again. Come back up here. You don't have to worry about that, sir. I kind of like to see this town die peaceful. Fucking honey, Joker. You know, we know you was a bunk then, but you'll be in a bunk now. Yeah, detective, come on. Now you couldn't find a fucking Jew in Rockaway. How does one become a janitor? Welcome, folks, to the third actual episode of Radio Karate featuring myself, Fillmore Fingers, a.k.a. Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore, as your host. And with me, of course, today are my stalwarts in, in uh, embarrassing crimes against humanity, uh, Derek, Carey, and Wayne. Sean can't make it today. He was putting together some kind of BDSM a treadmill or something i don't know something that would cause and and <laughs> blinds something that would cause an enormous pain i'm not sure exactly how but uh we're thinking of you and wish you could be on the next one in fact we might get julio the greasiest for the next one michael oh, rose okay. he, he's who, he, oh, nice. he said he, he said yeah. he's willing to willing to do one so and i uh i i just confront wondering what we're maybe going to do with the punchable faces in hollywood again part 2 yeah <laughs> yeah okay we'll we'll see what there is Anyway, the subject for today, everybody, is guilty pleasures, and I know personally I found it difficult because I'm not embarrassed by almost everything I own, except I should be, so that's what I went for. Uh, let's start with Wayne. What have you got? What are you picking first? The categories, of course, are music, TV, movies, although I would include books, too, if we were really at a loss or somebody wanted to include something particularly damaging, like the best of uh, Richie Rich or something in their bookcase. <laughs> um, but uh, Wayne... We'll go first. Mine, yeah, mine's not one. I'm going to start with the least one first. But like, I think we we said this on the the Bondcast that we did before that, like, my favorite James Bond movie is The Man with the Golden Gun, which is one that most people hate. But it just, I, I think I saw it at the right age, at the right time, or whatever. That it's been my favorite since I saw it in the theater. You that's know, my favorite so that's, James Bond movie too. So really, <laughs> all right, solidarity. Are you, re- are, you yeah. are you for real, Derek? Or are you just I love that movie. Why? Too, because of yeah. <laughs> because of Herve Herve Villages? <laughs> well that Mick Mick Mac was that wasn't that his name? Mick yeah, Mac. Yep. yeah. Yeah. That was great. Scaramanga was awesome. Yeah. Roger Moore is my favorite bond because he was my first bond. It's it just fits <laughs> everything. It's it's campy as all hell. <laughs> and I I loved and then, I loved Ed Eklund so much too. And anytime Anytime you can stick a midget in a, a suitcase and get a laugh out of it. <laughs> Could you imagine in 2020 getting away with that? Well, I was like, I might be small, but I don't forget. Yeah, no, that was the best. Um, and, then, and then putting them on the mast. Go ahead. But then now I'm Brit, and Brett Eklund running around half the movie in a, in a bikini. It's like, you're never going to get that again you no. know, in any James Bond movie. And that's like, you know, like, I, I don't know when that, how old I was when that came out. I was pretty young when I saw it, but that's like a, a fantasy of like every young boy that yeah that's what i want to be when i grow up a guy running around with a girl in a bikini you know mod but, adams um, too yeah yeah, yeah. That, that too yeah. I, I thought 
I would have thought the I would have thought the hook for Wayne might have been Scaramanga with the three nipples. Do you remember that part? <laughs> <laughs> or the Kung Fu girls kicking ass at the uh, karate school, the Kung Fu school, whatever. It yeah. Was. And uh, chew me in the swimming pool, like swimming nude. Chew me. <laughs> the bottoms up club. In retrospect, you know, it's kind of racist, but <laughs> that was the only thing that was. That was like the only thing that would have ever got me to go to Hong Kong was, and then now the bottoms up club is gone. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I always wanted to go go there and just to see what it's. You know, I guess it's it's not really what it was like inside, but just to get a shot outside of the place. You know, Derek. Oh, it's my turn. Oh, you're you're my. Oh no, no. Okay, I was going to mention that my buddy uh, Peter he went and did a um, James Bond tour of Asia, and wow. basically he went to back in the early ni- mid nineties or whatever when he was able to. He went and saw as many places as he could before they finally got rid of him. He was at the original Bottoms Up Club before oh, they wow. tore it down. He has pictures, but they're all you know just like you know pre digital, and. Yeah. Um, he was just about everywhere, and even he um, uh, he was still in Hong Kong when the Walled City, the uh, Kowloon, the in Kowloon, where the Walled City, you know, the um, the big complex of uh, that they tore down that was oh, all yeah, amazing stuff, folks. If you don't know about it, um, bit of uh, Hong Kong lore, and um, it was in the film Bloodsport, which is on my list, by the way, but uh, the. <laughs> He was at the James Bond Island. He was uh, at that temple where the 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 karate school and you got mm-hmm. man with gun. So he did everything. He tried to get every one of them, but it was tough. Some things have so long gone. Um, last, last oh, actually, last summer I was in Japan and I went to the the chemical factory. You know, the, oh, yeah. the chemical company, and um, and you only live twice. Yeah, yeah. And that was like a, that was built on like land that a samurai owned. So like, there's like a really nice garden behind it. And um, so I got a, a photo like right where Sean Connery stood, you know, in that for that movie while he was walking out of the, that company. But yeah. um, nobody at the place knew like yeah, we came in the back door and nobody in that worked there knew that the movie was filmed there. It was like I thought there'd be a plaque with um, Sean Connery, but kind of nobody cared. That's, that's weird. Yeah. Um, you're next. Okay. Let's see here. Yeah, I've got I've got too many, but I'll start off since we're talking about films. Um, <laughs> the first one on my list is Police Academy Four: Citizens on Patrol. Explain reasons, sir. Well, I mean, you've got you've got a very young David Spade. Um, you know, you've got all of the. Let me see. This was the last. Uh, a police Academy movie with Steve Gutenberg. Um, let's see, you have a young, oh gosh, um, wh- oh, what's her name? Uh, Cattrell. Um, Cattrell. Lassie. Lassie. on Sex in the City. Kim Cattrell. Yeah. Yeah, a very young. So, I mean, you know, plus you've got Bobcat Goldwave. I mean, you know, you've got, uh, uh, you know, you've got Tackleberry, you've got all the old time favorites from uh, um, from the Police Academy movies. But I don't know. Out of all of the, uh, I only like the ones with Steve Gutenberg in them. After Police Academy Five, they all they they yeah. totally went down the tubes. But um, yeah, it's my favorite of the of the first four. <laughs> but is wait, that the jet is that the fun. jet ski one? 
Is that the one with the jet that, skis? No, that's the it, it's the one where the ninjas where for some reason they wind up on like some kind of old sailing ship. I think they filmed it in uh Toronto. And so there was like some um like old I don't know, British sailing ship or something, but for some reason a bunch of ninjas attack the police officers there. So wait a minute. Wait, Carrie, do you own the DVD? Like the Blu-ray? <laughs> No, but it's like anytime it's, you know, it's like one of those films for me that anytime I catch it on TV, no matter, you know, what part of the movie it's in, I'm watching it all the way through. It would be funny if I went through your collection and I saw Criterion Collection, (laughs) Police Academy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, let's keep going then. Derek, what have you got up uh, on tap? Uh, My first one is for, it's a TV show. It's a reality show, 90 Day Fiance. It's basically oh. they follow these oh, no. people you know what? as they go through the K-1 visa process. And yeah, it is like hot garbage from start to finish. It's like 90% of the Americans are complete and total assholes. 50% of the people they want to marry are scamming the asshole Americans yep. just to get to the country. And it's so obvious. Like this one girl who's this massive hulk of a woman. She's got a <laughs> kid from some guy who she does they've never shown the kid's father she lives in a motel and she meets some dude from i think morocco who all the pictures of him that they show before we finally meet him is like the female instagram thirst trap pictures except the dude's doing them it's like three times less her size (laughs) and she of course Loves him and thinks he loves her back. <laughs> Wait, it's called 90 Day Fiance? Yeah. 90 Day Fiance. There's like okay. a thousand spinoffs. There's the 90 Day Fiance, the first one. Then there's a Before the 90 Days where they get to meet you know first. What? Like, I watch it. I've, I've seen it too. I, I heard about it on Jim and Sam. And it sounds really bad, but you can't not watch it. It's like a, a train wreck. Yeah, it I is so to- engrossing. And there's this yeah. one, there's this one woman on there. She's from like the asshole of Georgia. <laughs> She's a redneck oh, Trump lover. Angela. Her name's Angela. Angela. Her fiance yeah. is this dude from Nigeria named yeah, Michael. That's <laughs> the one. Yeah. <laughs> and Angela sounds like she's been smoking and drinking whiskey since like she was six months old. So, and she's always busting this Nigerian guy's balls. It's kind of Michael. What you doing, Michael? Maka, you done you like you again. Instagram, Maka. Maka, I seen you liking them pictures, Maka. I want all your phones, Maka. <laughs> Jesus Michael, Christ. Michael, you done lied again. Just the, when, you, the, the best was when, when his, um, he showed his friends the picture of her, and his friends were just sitting there, like, shocked. And they're like, what are you doing, you know? Yeah. He's going, I need Air Jordans really badly. No, this yeah. is the thing. I got You've got, like... um. If you got like reality shows, they're a whole. What was that one you said, um, Carrie? That one about the pets, the pets that kill people. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> oh, yeah, believe yeah. me, that's that's coming up next round. Oh, it's okay, called okay. Fatal Attractions. Okay. Oh shit. Well, I already. I don't want to. I ruined it. I'm sorry. I'll cut that out. Uh, but oh, we can go a, into it later. There's fatal <laughs> attractions about pets that kill people. Yeah. Oh God. Did, did weren't you on for this one? Oh, maybe I thought we were talking. Yeah, about we it. talked about it. I used to. I used to watch a show. It was like a unsolved mysteries kind of show. 
but it was on uh, the Black Network. That's not BET. I forget what the name of it is. And it was basically all about women who get involved with dudes who either kill them or kill someone close to them. <laughs> and it's called Fatal Attractions. <laughs> I gotta watch this one then. Um, okay, well let's let's keep going. I think uh, okay, that was Carrie. So Derek, you're next, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. No, I just did. Oh, you just hey, did I one. Shit, I'm sorry. Either you or Wayne. Okay, um, that is my turn. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. go with a movie for this one, and I'm gonna say Deathstalker. Have you guys seen that one? The first one. No. Is that one of those sword and sorcery movies? Yes, it was around 19. Uh, I'm gonna say 1980, 1981. Almost everybody in the film, I they must all be doing like adult porn, like 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 seniors <laughs> porn now or something. Lana Clarkson was in it, uh, Barbie Benton, like two ex playmates, I think, and um, it's like a total Conan ripoff. But I think Roger Corman produced them. It was produced and filmed in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and you've never seen a shittier, shittier film of any of any type of any genre before, and. Um, I remember that at one point, um, Lana Clarkson's just there clearly to get laid on camera. And um, I think by the end, you like the filming's so bad, the editing's so bad, the story, the accents are shit. It really just looked like they went to central casting. We got a Conan type, and that was it. So there's a series of them up to, I think, five or something. And, and the first one is the worst one. Um, but, uh, Carrie, are you, putting it, are you pu- typing up an affidavit? <laughs> okay hold on let me go let me me pause this for a second let me just see here okay 1449 so death stalker would be my uh first choice now let's go back to wayne wayne what have you got for number two please okay next one is one it just like i just found out it was on blu-ray and it's a lee majors movie called killer fish (laughs) okay you guys ever see this (laughs) let me look it up it's about piranhas, and it's like I saw it on HBO as a kid, and it's it's really bad, but it's so bad it's good. And it's like they get stuck out on a boat. There's a real fat gay guy that's like a photographer, and um, it, it just if you look it up, it's it, it's a riot. It just says jewel thieves. This is the plot, guys. Imagine you're reading a TV guide. Jewel thieves attempt to recover treasure from piranha infested waters. Mistrust and betrayals happen among the gang amongst the gang in the quest for gold. So Margot Hemingway's in it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And James Franciscus. There's a there's a name from the past. Oh Jesus. yeah, from beneath beneath the planet of the apes. Yep, absolutely. Um, this was this one you saw in the theater, Wayne. By the way, no, I saw it. it used to be on HBO when we first got HBO as a kid, and I uh-huh. used to make a point. I used to make a point to watch it. I even learned how to play backgammon because um, I, they play backgammon in the movie, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, I got to learn how to play backgammon. And I, I thought it was really cool back then, but it was like the older I got, like the more I realized it was goofy. But the thing is, is like, like I said, it was another thing I saw at a certain age that. Even though like it's goofy, I still like it. So I ordered the Blu-ray for it, and and I actually have the Blu-ray now. Well, <laughs> you mentioned that, and I was thinking I was thinking you were gonna on what I thought somebody might have. I didn't even know this existed, but there's a film called Orca. Oh yeah, oh, I all about that too. Yeah. Did yeah, you guys see super that? Super awesome. Yeah. Orca's yeah. <laughs> it was really who... weird. 
For those who don't know, it's another Dino De Laurentiis piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, it looks I mean, it looks like it, but it sounds amazingly bad. Uh, the the film follows a male orca whale tracking down and getting revenge on a boat captain for killing the whale's pregnant mate and their unborn calf. <laughs> I think or- orca came. I think orca came out this week on Blu-ray. I, I'm not even joking. Oh my god! I got an email from the the record store. I go to Bull Moose Music, and um, they have like they. I swear, orca came out this week on Blu-ray. And, um, it's an, the, it's amazing. So go ahead, go ahead, Wayne. Sorry to me oh, to cut you off. Oh, so the, the another weird thing is back. You know, like I collect figures and stuff. So I used to go to um, the back then it was called Child World. Doesn't exist. And I used to go with my old girlfriend because she collected figures too. And we were in. Um, I have this weird thing that weirdos always latch on to me. Like my friends call me weirdo magnet. So people would just <laughs> come up to me and talk about like nonsense and stuff. And I was in there like I was looking at Robotech figures at the time. And this guy comes up to me. He's like, I was in the movie Orca. And wow. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it, I don't know. He's just like out of the blue. It was like the weirdest thing. And he's like, but I'm, I'm used to this because this kind of thing happens to me all the time. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, if you see the part, this beach, I was at this beach and I was in the movie Orca. And it's just like, well, yeah, good. You know, and I didn't know what to say, you know. <laughs> was was um, it Richard Harris? Yes. No. No. no he just some. He was like was in the Keenan background. Win? Yeah, he was in the background of like just in the background of this movie, but it just like I wasn't talking to him or anything, and just came up. I was in the movie Orca. Yeah. You know, there was. I, I'm trying to remember that that movie came up in another podcast that I listened to, and I, I can't remember. I want to say it was Gilbert Gottfried's, but they were singing and 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 um. Uh, Fillmore, when you were talking about Dino De Laurentiis, they were, they were, it was a comment about him, and they were saying, yeah. and they, and someone was imitating him, and a quote from him, and it's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, we make it the movie with the killer well, the killer well, he kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dino De Laurentiis was pretty much canon before canon became something. Right. You know what I mean? Like he was he was worse than Roger Corman because he had a bigger budget for just about everything and yeah. was a complete like dictatorial asshole. But this the this film had Richard Harris, Charlotte Rampling, like pretty good names. Bo Derek was in it, Robert Carradine, you know, when he was still trying to, you know, make his way. But the music is by Ennio Morricone, who just died. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the and, soundtrack for Orca was awesome. Yeah, yeah and it's, um, it's not even a horrible movie. That. It's basically um, <laughs> Death Wish, Just... except uh, Charles Bronson is a killer whale. <laughs> That's <pretty> much <laughs> what the movie is. Because he goes around and he systematically works his way through all of Richard's friends and colleagues until he finally gives Richard Harris. See, I so, haven't seen it since I was a kid. But, um, so I can't he remember if Bo it's Derek's good or bad. leg. <laughs> she, she's in a she's in a cast through the whole movie for some reason. And now she comes. He comes to her house. She lives in like this house that's right on the water. He knocks all the legs that are keeping the house out of the water so that she slides oh, into the water. Worker comes up out of it and chops off the leg with the cast on it. <laughs> now she's called. Now she's called nine. <laughs> Um, let's go with, um, Carrie, what have you got for your number two? Okay. Well, well, we let the cat out of the bag a little bit about fatal attractions. Okay. And that's, and it's fatal attractions, plural. Uh, it was a series on animal planet that ran from 2010 to 2013. 
and it, and it's available. If any of you guys have Amazon Prime, it's free. You can uh-huh. get every episode they make. And the premise is people with exotic pets that wind up killing them or maiming them or, you know, causing general havoc. Um, mm-hmm. three, of, three of my favorite episodes, I wrote them down here, Tiger Loose in Harlem, <laughs> pet, <laughs> pet Hyena, No Laughing Matter, and Killer Hippo. And so, <laughs> so funny. No, and, and the one, the ones that are memorable, like the, the Tiger Loose in Harlem, it, it's exactly what it sounds like. There was a guy in Harlem that lived in a in in the um, you know in a, in a in a uh, in the projects, okay, in Harlem, <laughs> in like a two bedroom apartment, and he had like a full grown Bengal tiger uh, living with him. <laughs> And and the and the way he got found out was, um, you know, the guy was just a well, he's obviously a little nutty, but he was a a big animal lover. And there was a, a a house cat that was injured or something that he tried to nurse to health. And I guess he brought the cat in, and the tiger's jealous. And then he jumps in between the tiger and the cat and winds up getting bit. And so his uh, brother takes him to the hospital and the er doctors are like jesus christ what happened and he's like oh um, a dog bit me and they're like no i don't think so so they so nypd goes to his apartment and you know the freaking tiger almost jumps out at him and there's so they they shut the door there's footage of this in new york city policeman rappelling down the top of the of, of the <laughs> building and they're and they're shooting a tranquilizer dart at the tiger. And I remember one of the things they interviewed the cop and he goes, one of the things that was crazy, he goes, the tiger saw me and he jumped and he like hit the wall. And he said that the, the animal was so powerful. He could feel the building move. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's how powerful this thing was. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and then kind of behind the scenes, one of the things they didn't talk about that I read online, in addition at that time to the, Tiger, he had a five-foot alligator that lived in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor too little. Yeah, Yeah, it sounds like sounds like that scene from Cat People when they had to tranquilize the the panther from outside the window. Yeah, yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely nuts. And then the 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 pet the the pet hyena one was crazy too because it was like it was like (laughs) this this guy in in Miami that. Um, he was a, a gay guy and like he, his boyfriend broke up with him. Although they, although they danced around it, but it was, it's pretty obvious <laughs> what was going on. But the guy was like heartbroken. And for whatever reason, he decides to start raising a hyena in his apartment in, in Miami. And, and he was saying that the thing would like get old enough and it ran around, um, and would just run into walls in his apartment, like head first. <laughs> and, and then he's like, you know what? Maybe he's getting a little bit too big. So he tries to put it in a cage to transport to, I don't know, a hyena rescue in somewhere in Florida. And and the thing broke his arm as he was trying to put the thing in a cage. Wow. You know, like, like you know, it didn't bite him or anything, but it, the thing was just so strong, you know, and... Um, and, and I guess I'll leave Killer Hippo to your imagination, but it was a guy that, <laughs> a guy in South Africa that raised a hippo 
that wound up getting the best of them when, you know, the thing got too big and I guess he got a little too frisky and, and just wind up clomping down on him and drowning him Jesus. In, a, in a pool. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah but it's, I tell you, it's, it's a fascinating series. You know, the worst part about it is there's one uh, episode about tigers. Not there, there's like three, three or four episodes about tigers and, and they've got Carol Baskin in one of them as some kind of expert. Oh, yeah. yeah, everyone hates her, including me. Yeah. No, yeah. I realize we didn't talk about this before in a podcast because it was an aborted podcast. We that was the one where Derek um had taken too many Benadryl and didn't show up for so and, and no, but also but Wayne wasn't feeling too great, so we just decided yeah. to talk and you know, whatever. And then you, yeah. you told me about my this. Voice. And I said, It sounds like a fucking winner this show. So definitely oh download it. Yeah. I downloaded the first six, seven episodes. I started watching it, but I got bogged down with work, but I'm definitely gonna get back into it. Well, uh well, Derek did, 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 oh, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, did you yeah. watch the first one where the guy got his face eaten off by his pet <laughs> monitor lizards yes, yes. <laughs> it's awful maybe we're bad people for laughing at this but for the premises imagine if you read this in tv guide oh yeah <laughs> synopsis oh my god that'd be worse than those like porno movie synopsis you see on oh, when, you, when you flick through direct tv oh yeah um derek what's your number two uh, my number two is a movie. Uh, it's an '80s movie, Action Jackson, starring oh, Carl nice. Weathers. Yeah. <laughs> starring Carl Weathers, Vanity from Vanity Six, the Prince side project thing. Yeah, and yeah. Craig T. Nelson as this <laughs> super successful businessman slash drug kingpin who also somebody decided there needed to be a scene of Craig T. Nelson being the greatest karate man to ever yes. <laughs> have a dojo in his study. <laughs> I believe Sharon and Stone's in that too. She played his oh. wife who he killed when she found out that, Oh my God, my successful husband is also a drug dealer. So he murdered yeah. her and yeah. framed action Jackson for it. Uh, it's just the best. Like, cause action Jackson is every stereotypical eighties cop. He's always yeah. doing the wrong thing. His captain's always saying, you're going to mess up one time too many. Uh, <laughs> Action Jackson. Was it based on the toy? I don't think so, because they never... Uh, nothing about this movie should have been a child's toy, because Vanity was a heroin <laughs> addict. Yeah. <laughs> and, and actually... Close to cl pretty close to the truth in reality. I think she was yeah. uh, originally a, a drug addict, maybe heroin. I don't know if it's heroin or coke, but yeah, yeah. Oh, and in this one, she, she did not look. Yeah, oh, she, she looked great. Look good. She was at the height of her powers, but in this one, she was a heroin addict who fell in love <laughs> with Action Jackson and just said at the end of the movie, "I'm going to go cold turkey." <laughs> that was all it took <laughs> for everybody to go. Hey, great! She's no longer a coked out heroin addict. <laughs> and, and Craig T. Nelson, the best thing about it, the movie opens with this, these, you think they're ninjas because they're coming into this office or something to, and they kill everybody in there. But they're yeah. not ninjas. It's like this paramilitary hairband <laughs> who move <laughs> like ninjas. <laughs> they have guns and stuff. They're also great at karate and they kill everybody in this office and then they stop and pose like it's the cover of a Slayer album. <laughs> So, it's just the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. 
Well, the funny thing is, it made shitloads of money, and uh, this was this is the way it was described to me. Um, it stars <laughs> Craig T. Nelson as the embodiment of evil, and Vanity as the embodiment. And uh, <laughs> the, the 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 way they the way the guy is saying it, it's it's like if you took a nineteen seventy four like Black Belt Jones, if you took a black exploitation film from the seventies and decided to release it in the eighties, like literally made it in the seventies yeah. and decided. It's not right. That's not the right time. And I remember I watched it on on video when it well well after it came out. And I remember thinking, this is a perfect '80s film. Should have no excuse to live, but I'm happy it does. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. And Carl oh, Weathers was doing things in that movie. You would think he was a cyborg or something. He's doing yeah. fifteen foot <laughs> vertical leaps. He's getting yeah. shot every scene. He was and fantastic. I, one of my favorite things at the end of the movie. Craig T. Nelson had, he's just trying to hold up in his mansion now. All of his security are dead, and he's dragged Vanity up to the master bedroom to, to hold her hostage and get away from Action Jackson. Now, all Action Jackson has to do is run up the stairs to the master bedroom and save Vanity. But he can't just do that. He hotwires a car, drives it through the front door, up the stairs and into the master bedroom <laughs> to then get into a shootout with Coach. <laughs> so now I, need, awesome. I need to see this. Wait, Joe Silver. Never, it's great. Is, no, I've never is seen this, it. Is this the one with the line, always bet on black? Or was that no, Wesley that's, Snipes? That's Passenger 57. 57. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, could, I, could, I knew it was, I, it was one of those two. But, man, I, I remember seeing that movie and thinking, like you said, Vanity was supposed to be at the height of her powers, but something was off. She did not look that well. Probably was high. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, there was there was no, um, like, she, we, didn't, we didn't know at the time. She was dated, I think she dated David Lee Roth at the time as well, like, or a little earlier. But um, she en- ended up becoming a preacher, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's yeah. what, uh, like until she died, she was she, she found Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. But this this film, it did, I didn't realize it. Herbie Hancock did the music, as well as oh, Michael wow. Kamen. And there was a lot of synth. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And it was a Joel. It was a Joel Silver film. And there's <laughs> it reminded me. And when I see his name, I think of the sketch Rick Moranis did on SCTV called the, the Joel Siegel Show, and he just spends his time yelling shit like. T- t- telling everybody, talking shit at everybody, and oh, screaming yeah. at people. I, I, I see if I can find that one on YouTube eventually. Um, but Passenger Fifty Seven was on my list, and I won't talk about it. So I'll choose something else because <laughs> I love um, I love the guy that plays the, the bad guy. I forget his name. Um, Bruce Payne. He was mm-hmm. in Dungeons and Dragons. He was in a film uh, called Pirates with Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. Um, and that's one of my pirates is also on there as well, but you guys can look it up. My, my, my my second choice is going to be fame season one and two, the original TV show. Wow. I watched it. I can't laugh too much. You'll call me a fag, I guess, but I had a huge heart on, I had a huge heart on for Valerie Landsberg who played Doris and, um, um, I mean, most guys would have went for um, Irene Car- Irene Cara or um, God, who was the other one? Laurie Singer, I guess. I don't know, but I, I thought you were gonna. Ones. I thought you were gonna say Leroy. <laughs> he was. He was. It, it's funny when you watch him. He, if, as far as I can recall, 
uh, in the movie, the Alan Parker film, which is brilliant, but uh, some things they got wrong in the TV show that they got right, actually. The, the, the relationship between uh, Leroy and Miss Sherwood, the, the English teacher, was actually kind of cool. Um, I, I saw a documentary about the – did you guys ever see Bring Back Blah Blah, the British show, Bring Back A-Team, Bring Back Dallas, Bring Back Fame? No. No, no, it's 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 available on YouTube in different like sections, like part one, part five, part three, whatever. And it's a guy, um, a ho- the TV host is the whole point is bring back, and then it's like something from the seventies or or eighties. So he interviewed Mr. T. He interviewed Dirk Benedict for a team. He interviewed. Um, he got to a hold of the Dwight Schultz, and they all talked about how George Papard hated Mr. T because he was jealous of him. <laughs> And then Mr. T, he he ran into he uh, sorry Dwight Schultz met George Papard, and the first words were, "My name's George Papard, and I am not a nice person." <laughs> that's, that's his awesome. word. And um, anyway, the uh, it's fascinating. So he did one called "Bring Back Fame," and it was actually kind of touching because they all admit <clears throat> they were on drugs back in the day. Um, they they said uh, with Leroy, he really had a bad end. He became like a male dancer. Um, he got work in Italy somewhere, and then he got HIV and he died from complications due to HIV. But that kid was fucking right. talented. They're saying yeah, he had like a hundred, yeah. hundred and some hundred and like sixty IQ, whatever, but no like a third grade education. So that that show was huge in England because I remember they had the kids from Fame. They had records and. Huge. It was bigger over there than it was in America. Yep, and it was, but but they they basically talk about and they had um, the guy, um, um, what's his name? I'm on Facebook with him actually. He seems really nice. The guy who played Bruno, um, it'll uh, Lee Carreri, and he he explained how eventually the producers um, wanted him to mute his piano strings with felt so that they would actually put other music on the um, over the over the. Um, the live whatever the filming and he said the reason why was of course they wanted the copyright they wanted the publishing uh, they were originally allowed to take part in the creation of the music or the creation of whatever else and uh share in that and said no after a while it was like working with it's like everything else in the industry they want a piece of the pie bigger piece of the pie so he, was he, yeah. he was the same the same bruno from the movie right there were four yeah, yeah. four Characters from yeah. the TV show that were in the yeah. movie as well, and the rest were all yeah. just created. And they that had a different woman to be uh, Coco because I guess Irene right. Cara didn't yeah. do it. Yeah, because she was pissed. She was pissed like they fucked her over the theme song. Oh wow! She didn't get anything from that. You That's you watch that. Check it out on YouTube. Bring back fame, and uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's fascinating. She's really bitter about it. She sued the producers. She lost, and uh, but. Anyway, she didn't get a piece of it, and she should have. That was like a million seller fame. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, it sounds. It sounds like there, there's a um, series on uh, TV One called Unsung, and it it, it kind of talks about that. Uh, like a lot of artists, old artists, you you, you know, that have kind of fallen by the wayside or you haven't heard from before. And and that's that story sounds so similar because I'd say of those shows. Probably a third are the record label jerked me. Uh, the other third is drugs, and then the other third is like bad management. Oh yeah, yeah. Like TLC, the group they sold, they must have sold I don't know forty million records, but went bankrupt. Right. Like they really had no money because the record label fucked them completely. Uh, yeah. It's 
yeah, story. Pebbles. It was uh, Pebbles. Yeah, Babyface's uh, wife. Yeah, L.A. Reed and and yeah, exactly. Wait, was it L.A. Reed and? Um, yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They really, they really did it to those girls. Yeah. And they were, they were really astoundingly fucking talented. Uh, like as a yeah. group, such appeal, man. I, I love their first two albums. Their last, their third one wasn't too bad either. Um, let's go back to Wayne. I believe you got your number three. Okay, I guess since we're on music, I'm going to bring up a show that's really bad, but I watch like every episode for it. And this could be the first one you guys say fag, you know, but um, I was really big on S Club 7. It was, I don't know if you guys remember that. It was like, um, it was, I think it was done by the guy that created the the Spice Girls. But I I even had, I have the albums, I have the, the albums, the solo albums of them. But um, I used to get home from work in the morning. I was working third shift at that time, and it was on. And I started watching the show, and then I, I ended up watching the whole the whole thing right through. And, uh, uh, S Club 7, yeah, si- Simon Fuller was the producer and uh, creator of the show. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Wait, let's see. Was, it a, was it a boy band? That's not the one where they... No. Okay. It was like boys, boys and girls. It was kind of like, but it was like the Spice Girls if they added a couple of guys in the group. Right. And um, and, oh, who's, there was somebody famous that was on it. Somebody from like a, a group and I, I vaguely remember it. Um, it was a, somebody from like an 80s group. Um, oh, what's her name? Um, Here's she the, did, the, she's the girl t- from D-Mob. She, I think t- she was in Tina Barrett, uh, Hannah Spirit the manager no idea i know that i know that the only reason i know them is because i've got a friend who's into pet shop boys anything british he'll pretty much yeah, that, like that's Robbie me. <laughs> and, and fruity and so he got, he's he, he's got the robbie williams swing album like the jazz album yeah that's, me that's, too <laughs> that's really kind of, and um but uh no i mean christ I, we said music was part of it i mean i do have yeah. one of them I do have one on my list that, that you guys will laugh at, but anyway. Um, like, I've heard of S Club 7, but I don't actually, <laughs> I can't remember what a song the oh, had the girl, was. I think or Kathy about Dennis, the show. I think her name was, her name was Kathy Dennis, I think, that played a manager on it. Yes. And she had, like, some, some dance had, hits back. That was the, in the, the red hair, right? Yeah, yeah early yeah, 90s, Kathy Dennis. Yeah, that yeah, one-hit wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Move with this, I think it was called. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, that's yeah. the name. Yeah, and then but she was in like saying one of the songs for the group D Mob. Yeah, that was the other one. Like a house oh, early nineties, you know, house eighty eight yeah. house music. Yeah, so she yeah, was all on night it. long. That was the Kathy Dennis song. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I had that. <laughs> I had that CD. Yeah, I have her CD too. It's got. It's got like she's wearing a, a yellow shirt with a green background. Right. Good red song. hair. Like, yeah, I'm a sucker yeah. for a well-crafted pop song, and that was a very yeah, well-crafted pop song. Yeah. I like crap. I like crap pop music, even if it's like throwaway stuff. Like you guys brought up the Spice Girls on the other show the other night with Sam. Yeah, and, um, and she went off on the the ramble, but I I liked them. I actually went to see them with my ex-wife and um in concert, and I was like the that, that was the one I told my ex-wife. I was like, yeah, I'm the toughest guy at this concert. <laughs> Because it was all like little girls. <laughs> it was all little girls and their mothers, and then me and my ex-wife. And um, but yeah, so that, that's what. Um, but they they put on a good show, and then they had a thing. I remember there was a little girl standing next to me, and they're like, "Okay, all the guys, 
you know, like say, hey, you know, and little girl looks up at me waiting for me to go along with it, you know. It was like really cute. But um but yeah, they put on a good show. But I'm a sucker for that kind of pop, crap pop music. Um hold on for a second. Let me see what we got here. Since Wayne Carey, I believe you're next, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, and you know what? I just going off of Wayne's, I, I was thinking have you guys heard of a British band called Liberty X? That's that's yeah. kind of what yep. Okay. Yeah, they did a cover of um, being like the um, the Human League being boiled was the back the background music for one of their songs. Yeah, they also they did a remake of, of a Mantronics uh, song called um, uh, "Got to Have Your Love." Yeah, there was, but they also did um, "Ain't Nobody," but it had the music for being boiled by the Human League. Oh wow! Yeah, so if you it had it was like "Ain't Nobody," uh, you know that old it's like a like maybe like an 80s dance song, but that also had the track, the betting track was like from being boiled by the Human League, the old Human League. Oh, wow. Before the girls, yeah. But yeah, I know who Liberty X is, yeah. Okay, okay. That's that's what I, because yeah, I don't think I've ever actually heard of S Club 7 or whatever. Maybe that's a good thing. It might be called <laughs> Being Nobody. Like the name of the song might be called Being Nobody. <laughs> How perfect. Um <laughs> De- the, Rachel, the Rachel Stevens solo album is good. There's like a song that's on my top favorite songs of all time list. Do I have to go into my real McCoy box set to, uh, to you know, <laughs> if we're going to go into, uh, or Dr. I Alvin? Was big, yeah, I was big on uh, like the German Italian dance stuff or whatever at the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, Derek, okay. what have you got oh, wait, next? Wait. Oh, yeah. sorry. Wait, I think, it, I think it was on me still. Sorry. Okay. Oh, no, that's all right. All right, so let me see. I did Police Academy 4. Um, I've got another numbered series movie that's that's really one of my favorites. It's But it's really bad. Ninja 3, The Domination. <laughs> Is that the one with the woman from Breaking, the Breaking yes, movie? Yes, Lu- Lucinda <laughs> She gets, pos- she gets possessed Lucinda by the Diggie. evil ninja spirit? Yes, yes, that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it and part of the fascination is part of it was filmed. Uh, um, the majority of it was filmed in and around Phoenix, and so all of the lo- all of the Phoenix locations, I know exactly where they are. Yeah, but you're right. The premise of the movie is Lucinda Dickey is a um, let's see, part time aerobics instructor and um, like uh, what do you, what do you call the guy that she works for the phone company up on the poles. And so when she's not doing that, she's an aerobics instructor. But uh, while she's up on a telephone pole, an evil ninja is surrounded (laughs) by, I guess, the Phoenix Police Department. But they must not have cooperated with the filming of this movie, you know, probably smartly so. It's a canon (laughs) film, too, by the way, Fillmore, if that's helpful. Oh yeah. yeah, and there's yeah. there's an actual there's actually a documentary about Canon I was struggling to find. It was uh, I meant to watch it years ago and never got around to it. And apparently, it's incredible. Like right. it really so, is worth watching. Right. So so when this evil ninja is surrounded by these police, they all like take turns. I mean, they're all in a. Imagine this: these police are in a circle and they're shooting at one guy in the middle. So wouldn't you think if they miss, they'd shoot like cops on the other side or something? You know what I mean? <laughs> So they're all like just filling this guy full of lead, but he's still like living and and gets away from them enough to find Lucinda Dickey, who climbs down the telephone pole. And then he puts his 
ninja evil spirit into her. And then he goes around avenging some of the cops who, who wound up killing her or killing the ninja. So, yeah, <laughs> and then she, she gets romantically involved with one of the cops who you've just got to see the movie. This guy's like the hairiest guy in the world. I mean, he puts Ron Jeremy to shame. um, George, the animal steal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he, um, and then they, there's like this kind of weird, bizarre sex scene where she pours a V8 on her neck and he drinks (laughs) it off of her. (laughs) Yeah. But, but it's Lucinda Dickey. I had a huge crush on her. After um, after breaking and breaking to Electric Boogaloo, and um, and yeah, so so that's that's my guilty pleasure. I I love that movie. Well, Derek, I, I believe it's your number uh, next number three. We're going on. I think we're on the threes. All right, mine's in music, and it's K-pop bands, not K-pop in general. K-pop okay. bands, boy and girl, and. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I like a well-crafted pop song. Pop song, and yeah. I don't know who's running things over in South Korea, but those motherfuckers have got a machine where they've taken the whole boy-girl band concept that the West perfect thought they perfected, and they've mm-hmm. got that shit down pat with their stuff. And they oh, yeah. blend pop and R&B and hip-hop. The dance moves yeah. are great. It's just... a uh, I love K-pop bands and like they, all of them. I can go from too. Big Bang to To Anyone to EXO to to well, BTS you know, you and Blackpink. I can. Yeah, me too. I love that shit. They've gone. They've gotten um, way less derivative. Uh, as yeah, got, if, if, a, if that makes any sense. Oh, what's twenty one pillow? Okay, twenty one pillow. Yeah, they, that's they, my favorite. In, in the earlier days, they were ripping off famous pop songs from the eighties like no one's business and you could hear like tr- Cindy Lauper getting completely ripped off. Uh, Blondie <laughs> got ripped off. Um, like just about anybody you can imagine. And, uh, they somehow, uh, got more into hip hop and decided to make it more, what's the word, I guess, inclusive. And, um, so that they could get every single genre of pop, like pop, any kind anything that would be mainstream. And then also it added like Chinese members to get, appeal to the Chinese market or a oh, Japanese wow. member. It really, they, they started, but like some of these big groups have like 12 members. Yeah. That's yeah. what I love about them. Yeah. Like <laughs> BTS, the girl BTS, BTS yeah. has to have about, yeah, there's like what nine or 10 guys in that group. Right. Right. I think right. Girls generation had like 13 women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, something like that. And the, the only, the only sad part is they get used up and spit out so fast yeah. that it's very rare for a lot of them to not meet some awful nefarious end. A lot of the girls, especially what they have to do to, to make it is awful. And it is a, it's like a factory. They churn them out and a lot of them are committing suicide now, unfortunately. They yeah, once like, they're, old, right. like they're 25 and they're washed up. Do you know right. what I mean? Well, no, I'm really surprised this came up because I thought I was the only one that listened to this stuff because of, I, I hear it in Taiwan. But pretty like actually like all the stuff that I really liked is gone now. It's yeah. like, it was like five years ago. Five years ago, I was huge, huge. That's why I have the 21 pillow. Yeah. Um, that was my favorite out of them. But I like Tiara and they're gone. And there was like some bullying incident with that group that broke it up. And then yep. and, and uh, Bomb from 21 brought back American drugs into the country and 
kind of ruined her. Like it was prescription yep. meds. You guys, I guess one of, a, one of her friends. I just want to like. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to like frothy pop music. Are you guys talking about suicides? Yeah, no, it's and really ended really bad because used like up at twenty five. <laughs> yeah, well, this shit got real depressing. Well, well, <laughs> would, yeah, like, sure, K- like... K-pop, 20, 21 could have been huge in America, but that YG really blew it. Yeah, and um, and like what what happened in Boston? They started playing them. And I think I talked to Fillmore about this before, that they started playing them on the radio in Boston. But um, that's the song, I'm the Best. It says, like, nega, child, I don't know. I got the, the word's nega, but it means yeah. I'm. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. So they, but people heard it as, as the N-word. N-word, yeah. And, yeah. And then they pulled it from the radio in Boston. And I was like, they were right on the verge. I had a 21 sticker on my car. That's how much I liked that group, because... If people like, why do you like them? It's like, I don't know. It reminds me of uh, like the 80s when things were a little bit less complicated and more fun, you know. That's why I latched right on to K-pop when I first heard it, you know, the first few times I went to Taiwan. But, um, yeah, just lousy because they're all either too old. Uh, and the, the new stuff, like Blackpink is basically 21. It's the same people writing for them. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, I'm not really big on it anymore. And I go, I, what, the first time I saw the stuff, in Walmart and I was already over it and I was like well here it is again it's like I was you know too early on the scene for k-pop and now it's popular in America and I kind of don't care about any of these new bands are we ready to go for my number three yeah yep all righty uh I'm going to pick Jim Kata which was um <laughs> one of maybe the most badass looking posters that's when I when I first saw it uh, I go, this looks awesome because I was huge into, like, I was 10 years old, huge into martial arts films, which had, you know, probably hit their peak in, you know, 10 years earlier or eight years <laughs> earlier. I didn't realize it had been directed by Robert Klaus, who supposedly directed Enter the Dragon. But we know after the fact that Bruce Lee directed most of the film because it was, you know, heavy fight scenes. It was just, he was uncredited. And, um, but, uh, and Fred Weintraub did the produ- produ- was the producer. Same with uh, Enter, Enter the Dragon as well. And the, 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 just the concept that a guy is combining gymnastics with karate and he's got to go to this turn, like not to turn, but it's a competition, competition in this fictional country and uh, where the person who um, uh, wins, they're granted their life and a wish. <laughs> and so at one point during the- during the whole thing when he's in this fictional country it's supposed to be like turkey or near turkey and um at some point in the village when he's being chased by all these terrorists he, there's a one of those gymnastic horses i forget oh, what right. they're called like so a he, horse. yeah a pommel, pommel horse, horse in the yeah. middle of the village square there for some reason <laughs> there happens to be a pommel horse which he starts doing all these flips and stuff and their flip ends in a kick knocking someone out so as they're attacking him for some reason one at a time they all get it <laughs> anyway i i just thought it was one it's probably still on youtube you could find it and uh it it, it, it must have made some kind of money but it was made with so little fucking budget that uh if it made if if 20 people bought a copy, it probably made money. That's how cheap it was. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I love watching it for the badness that it is. It's like Cyborg, the Van Damme film. Jim Kata, G-Y-M-K-A-T-A. Oh, Gymnastics and Karate. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, okay, Jim. Wait, wait. Few... Who, was, yeah. who, was the, who was the star of it? It was a guy that Kurt, won a, an Olympic medal, right? Kurt Thomas. He won. I don't think he was an Olympic. He was an Olympic gymnast. I don't know if he won an Olympic uh, medal, but he was at the World 
whatever championships or something like that. And uh, he, God, I think he's passed away now. He, he died this year, it looks like, according to this. What? June, June 5th, 2020. He just died wow. last month, 64. Wow. Uh, Pan American Games, he won some medals. So he was something of a, of a, of a decent gymnast, I guess. But um, right. anyway, <laughs> he, uh, I, I don't think he got another film role ever again. Uh, the film earned Thomas a Razzie Award nomination for Worst New Star. <laughs> and uh, said, but has developed into some, uh, somewhat of a cult due to following, due, cult following due to its unintentional comedy. Uh, <laughs> that's just embarrassing. It said Thomas also starred in the syndicated TV series True Confessions and worked as a commentator for ABC Sports and ESPN. So anyway, rest in peace, Kurt. You, you did something. You never know what, what lasts in the lexicon of people, you know, over the years so uh wayne what have you got next okay so i'll start this one off with um like i'm not a big fan of the blues brothers and i know it's like some people think it's like a legendary movie and i just can take it or leave it i never saw the big appeal of it i thought i I don't like that kind of music really so i don't kind of could care less but um okay but the movie that i do like is um one that most people don't get is uh neighbors and it's such a weird movie, but I love it. And, and yeah. it's like one of those things that, that like, if it's on, I'll sit there and watch the whole thing right through. It's like, I, I even own it on Blu-ray. Yeah. But um, it kind of came out as like, kind of like a weird Twilight Zone kind of thing. But there's so much weird humor in that movie that, that that's just like that, what I like that it, um, that always appealed to me. Didn't that, didn't that end up being Belushi's last film before he died? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and they and he played the straight man where Dan Aykroyd played the wacko, and that's why yeah. I found it more interesting. And but there's like scenes in that movie that don't even make any sense. There's like one scene where he's in the bathroom and you can hear everybody laughing, and there's a dog barking, and they never mm-hmm. even show you what was going on. They're all in the, this room, and the the dog's barking, and everybody's laughing, and and then he's just looking, and they don't ever tell you what happened. <laughs> Uh, the book I've, I've even read the book for it and the book book's a little bit different but um it's like you don't really understand what's going on until the end of the movie that they're not bad guys you know and um but i mean it's been out forever so i guess we can talk about the ending and stuff but um but yeah there's just so many strange things like Kim, tim katarinsky's in it it just um just one strange thing happening after another and it just the first time you watch it is like ah oh, they're so annoying i hate them you know but then it, like the more you watch it, the more funnier I thought it was, you know. So that's one that like I, I never hear too many people say they like that movie. Film did shitloads of money, like it made money. Really? I didn't really? know that. I I thought it was a flop. Yeah, eight, so did eight, I. Eight point five million budget, box office thirty million. Wow. Maybe it was some Belushi sympathy money. Possibly, it was released. In I don't eight, know. I think December fifty one was a Christmas movie, almost so. Maybe that's yeah, I just remember um remember it getting bashed by pretty much everybody, but it, I'm glad it made money. Wow. But um I think it's there's way more weird like there's even little things like when um what's the the, the woman she was in um the the De Niro movies, um uh, she plays like Dan Aykroyd's wife in it. And um she shows up at the door and she's kind of standing there sexy and you hear like this little thing goes, Fuck you like a real high-pitched little thing like really in the background like she's like tormenting him and um there's like so many subtle little things in it that you you, you hear you know and um the daughter comes home from school and she's like a like a punk rocker and just everybody in his family just was 
just an asshole, you know. I I completely I completely mixed it up. Michael Apted directed um, Continental Divide with Belushi and Blair Brown. Oh, okay. Uh, that's okay. when I got confused. And he but and that was a drama, so that was no problem anyway. I never saw uh, Continental Divide. People said it was shit, but I I still one of those things I'd like to actually revisit because they said it's yeah, she, better, she better was than you think it is. Ra- yeah, she was in Raging Bull. That's what I was trying to think of, but she played the um, the wife, like De Niro's wife in Raging oh, Bull. Kathy Moriarty. Yeah. Yeah, she played um, Dan Aykroyd's wife in that. Love, love her actually. Great voice. Yeah. Um, we're going back to uh, let's see, Wayne. So Wayne, hold on, Carrie. I think you're next, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, well, I'll do for the first one in my music category, and and this is another a band that uh, you, you, me, and Wayne were like going back and forth, but we decided to save it for the show, and that's um. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kaja Goo Goo. It's Kaja Goo Goo or Kaja Goo Goo featuring Lamal, who was yeah. the uh, lead singer. Hamill <laughs> backwards. I, I uh, swear to God, every time I listen to that song, Too Shy, I swear to God, it, the, the, that sound cannot come from a male. It just can't. I, I, I to this day I think it's dubbed. That cannot be his voice. Do you think but it's the like album... the? Oh, sorry. Do you think it's like the end of um, uh, what's that song by Richard Harris, um, MacArthur Park, like oh, the yeah, last the last too. note? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but you you know you were when you were talking about that British show that you know where they kind of put the band back together. There was a there was a show on VH1 that did the same thing with bands. And I think, and I can't remember the name of the show, but it was All like, bands United. Yeah, yeah, they did ABC. Yeah, yeah, they did a bunch of Flock of Seagulls. What? Right, yeah. right. And I remember they, they, they tried yeah. to do English, they tried to do English, uh, not English, yeah, yeah English Beat. The English Beat. Which was yep. a good one. Yeah. But, yeah, but Saxo's, also, I think Saxo's dead though, whatever, the, the guy, uh, the old guy, yeah. Yeah, Saxo, yeah, he's been dead yeah. for a while. He died not too long after they did that show. But they did. But they put back Kaja Gugu, Believe it or not, I didn't see that one. That's got, I actually. That's how much I know about Kaja Gugu. There was another guy named Nick Beggs, right? Because mm-hmm. um, Lamal was Hamill backwards. He was a singer, and then Nick Beggs. My sister was really big into Kaja Gugu. And, well, um, well, I had like a, a twelve inch for um, only for love was the the Lamal solo thing. Right, right. He also yeah. did. He also sang. The uh, never ending story, the the theme for never ending story, right? Yeah, yeah, but 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 the guy in that band that fascinated me beyond belief, probably too much, was the bass player. First off, that bass line in Too Shy is pretty kick ass. I have to give the guy credit, but (laughs) if you see his look, like if you ever if you've ever looked on the back of White Feathers, which is their album, he's got like these like long puka shell earrings and he yep. looks like he looks like a middle-aged like a woman from like a retiree from florida i mean, <laughs> I mean that's and i'm like is that the look was that the look he was looking for you know like makeup and lipstick on and, but, but it's just like and again it's like how you know how this guy you know is a kick-ass bassist obviously but gee whiz really you know <laughs> Did he have like um, like beads in his hair and shit? Like I, I no, remember no, my sister were, had this were, album. 
those were the puka shell earrings. Okay, earrings. yeah. Yeah, I just remember my sister had the album, white, like you said, White Feathers. And um, I never owned anything by them at all, except for the Lamal 12-inch for Only for Love. That's the only thing. She had Never Ending Story, but um, that's the only thing I ever owned by him. I well, you, you know what's You know what's funny, too, because I can remember, like, in the... God, what was that? That was like mid eighties, right? Like mid to early eighties, like mid eighty four, eighty five, right? Is that around the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and my cousin lived in Chicago, and she would there was a like a a, a hip hop station there, and and she would like make you know tape recordings or whatever. And they for some reason, I remember they they would play like like the instrumental part to Too Shy. You know, and it, and it was like it kicked ass, you know, and, and but they would always cut it off before the before the singing started. Probably smart. I remember, I like I used to like the girl in that video. She was like a waitress or something. I forget. Like I'm vaguely remember it now. I'm gonna have to listen to them again, give it another chance. I never really took it seriously at the time. Well, Cause I, it was I probably because it was something my sister liked. So I I couldn't take that video seriously because I think the waitress, the the girl that played the waitress was actually taller and bigger than Lamal was. Yeah. <laughs> that guy must have weighed like 85 pounds, sopping <laughs> wet. Oh, it was uh, about how much in that reunion show on VH1, the rest of the band loathed Lamal. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, they hated him. So yeah. And yeah. he didn't like them much either. So. Right. But because went, then they, I, they... I think he pissed them off when he went solo. Well, they no, went. They then they became Kaja. Kaja. Remember, they were just Kaja with Nick Begg's leaving. Oh, them. right. Yeah, they lost the goo goo. Yeah. yeah, they fired them all. They told him he had to go. Yeah. Uh, Derek, I believe you're next. Okay, uh, mine is another movie. This one mm-hmm. is it's a sequel to The Valley of the Dolls, that like super sopa operatic uh, film based on the Jacqueline Suzanne book. This yep. one was Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, directed yeah. by Russ Meyer uh-huh. of Big yep. Titties fame, and <laughs> written by Roger Ebert. Yeah. Yes. And it yep. is the most bizarre hodgepodge of a movie, because yeah. it's yep. ostensibly about this band from the Midwest or whatever, this girl band who travel to Hollywood to find fame and fortune, and instead get mixed up with predatory lesbian producers who forced them <laughs> to have abortions and, and file fake rape claims, uh, like really angry black boxer, heavyweight champions of the world who beat up the boyfriends of the black member of the band just because he wants her and he needs to get the guy out of the way. And craziest of all is the guy who is the producer that is going to make them stars at the end of the movie, throws this party, and then just out of nowhere, he starts killing people, <laughs> running around in a pseudo-Wonder Woman costume, calling himself Superwoman, with titties, because now we find out he's a transvestite or a transsexual, or who knows, but he's running around with a broadsword, chopping off heads, and <laughs> the shit makes no sense. It was like, I don't know what Roger was, just... was on when he made it, but it must have been some that awesome. Was, yeah, that was that was just recently it was on. Movie. It was recently on one of the channels because I I watched it just recently and it's like I it's something I got to buy because that's how good it is. 
It's so whacked out. Yeah. Oh, and it stars quite possibly the worst actress in the history of Hollywood. Uh, the lead actress, she was British and she was uh, like Playmate of the Year or something in 1960-whatever. And she was from England. But she was supposed to be playing a Midwestern gal here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did, she pull, did she pull it off? <laughs> did not pull it off. It's like if you were playing a drinking game, every time her Essex accent came out, you would die of like liver failure. <laughs> she was just terrible. What what year was that movie? It's like because I, I I love those movies, like those hippie movies, like that. That are like the there's a Jack Nicholson one called um, Psych Out that's really whacked out too. That's um, uh, this one came out in 1967. Okay, so yeah, Psych Out Psych Out's probably 68, but they, they those two movies remind me of each other. It's kind of the same kind of premise where a girl gets mixed up in some fucked up shit, you know. Wait a minute. This this beyond the Valley of the Dolls. You said, Derek. Yeah, because the original oh, was the Valley this, okay. of the Dolls. That was that one was forward soap opera. That one was sixty seven. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls is nineteen seventy. Oh, okay, really? I re- yeah. I remember it distinctly because Roger Ebert. Someone asked him. I might have been Vincent Gallo, or someone asked him. Said. Uh, how can you review movies? You came up with the script for fucking Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, <laughs> and uh, I don't think he couldn't have come back from that. So, but there's a little trivia in there. You, you know who's in that film? I didn't realize this. Trina Parks. Anybody know who that is? No, no. And this is a callback. Uh, do you remember Wayne? Uh, I, uh, I'm Bambi, and I'm Thumper. Oh, really? She's, she's oh. Thumper. Thumper. It has a bit part oh. in it from the Diamonds Are Forever, oh, and. Wow. And Charles Napier is in this. Charles Napier, Wait. who provided the voice for the, a lot of the for the Hulk in the TV show. Oh. And he played, um, and he was in Adam in the original Star Trek with the space hippies. He plays yeah, the one yeah. with the, the, he plays the music, right? The way to Eden, yeah. The yeah. Is, he related, is he related to Alan Napier? I don't know, actually. He released, uh, he just passed away not too long ago. Uh, but, really? But, I didn't oh, actually, know that. No, nine, uh, nine years ago. I guess it was quite a while oh. ago. Um, he's related, let's see, uh, personal life. Yeah, it doesn't say anything. about. It, says, it just says here, um, he has one son, Charles Chuck Napier Jr., from his previous marriage, and a daughter. Uh, oh, he had yeah, one I son. Just, I just recently <laughs> watched that Star Trek episode with like, the, the girl playing the bike tiger, the, the bike tire. That, that's um that's one of my favorites because it's so goofy that um you know when they call him Spock Herbert and stuff I am not Herbert. <laughs> I love that. Tell him I just recently <laughs> bought I re- recently bought his autograph. I'm going to give it to my brother for a birthday present because uh, <laughs> because um because uh probably shouldn't say that. I maybe have to delete that from this because it's supposed to be a surprise. <laughs> but um because he uh I, I'm I'm not big on autographs, but every now and then I do like to buy. One or two. It yeah. depends what it is. And who the fuck is looking for a Charles Napier autograph? But uh, so it didn't set me back too much. Um, but at um, at any is rate, it, is it from is it from the Star Trek episode? It is. It's yeah, yeah. Oh, and great. it's he signed it in gold and stuff, and it's it's authenticated ah. and stuff. It's only, it's only like sixty bucks, and I'm like, I feel yeah. bad, you know. <laughs> I almost wish like you could give the person two hundred just to, to sate you know Charles Napier's memory up in heaven. At least I went for more than fifty, sixty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know, anyway, what are you going to do? Um, I think, uh, my next one is going to be, okay. Um, <laughs> if you look at my shelves or go back to music, uh, there's a CD somewhere on my, in my house, the best of rock ballad volume two. Um, 
there's if any time Cinderella don't know what you got till it's gone or Tesla Paradise or like Saigon Kick Love is on the way there there's something I love about those cheesy ballads back in the day because they were so obvious and you're waiting for that fucking lighter moment you know yeah. I don't know that I don't know that new songs do that anymore they're 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 hybrids a lot of them even the songs are supposed to be ballads. There's no power ballads anymore. They don't release them like that. It's just a different time. You know, they're, they're now, now they're like, you might get a duet or something, or it might be a country song. That's the closest you're going to get to that kind of stuff. But anyway. I just I saw I, Tes- Tesla a few years ago. They opened for, um, it was Tesla, Joan Jett, and Sticks. And um, I wanted to see Joan Jett because I'd never seen her live before. Sure, but, um, good. The guy, well, the guy from Tesla was really annoying. <laughs> Why? He just really, he just was ridiculous. or just annoying, you know. He thought he was like just too cool for the school, and uh, I don't know. It just, it just irritated me. Maybe he was just so, pissed off because he was. Oh, was it? Was he? Who? Sorry, who was the headlining? Main singer. Um, headlining was Sticks. Okay, well, maybe he's because he's headlining for Sticks. But yeah, um, well, opening it, for sticks, yeah. Op- yeah, opening, yeah, opening for, for Joan Jett. He was there was when Tesla, then Joan Jett. Oh, and that's then sticks. why. That's probably yeah. why. But you know yeah. what? Joan Jett probably put on a better show. Oh, she did. That's that's yeah. why I was there. I yeah. can sticks. I can I can take a leave sticks, but um, I, I love. I Joan like Jett. them better. The older I got, the, um, the more I like sticks. I didn't like. I hated them back in my new wave punk rock days. But yeah. Um, but they were good. They they were good musicians and everything and. But Joan Jett was great. Like, I, w- I wish that she, you know, I was supposed to see her open for The Who, but then The Who got delayed, so she was on tour with Cheap Trick. But um, I always wanted to see Joan Jett, you know, live, so. Wayne, was that the 82 tour, The, the Who, their, fir- their first farewell tour? <laughs> no, no, this was um, the, the last time they went around that Roger Daltrey lost his voice, so they backed the concert up six months. Oh, and okay. um, by then, Joan Jett was off doing something else. I they see. had something really shitty open for them that was making me fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, uh, Wayne, Wayne, what have you got next? Oh, okay. Um, well, this is one you. I don't even know if you guys will know what it is, but I own I own a CD from her, and and I used to watch the show. It was another thing when I used to come home from work in the morning, and it was a kids' show, and her name is Susha. It's X U X A, Susha. Okay. And if you guys look this up, she dressed up was like a majorette, and she was like a real hot chick, and she had all these her lackey, like I'm, I can't even make this up. She had she was like a hot chick dressed as a majorette, and she had like her her gang of like other hot majorettes with her, and it was a kids show, and she'd you know dance around and stuff like that and sing her songs, but she was like a really I don't know if you can find a picture of it. She's like this blonde, straight blonde hair, like you know really like Scandinavian type looking girl, but she had like a weird accent. And she was the thing Brazilian. Was, okay. Yeah. So yeah, the show she, was in, from Brazil. There's naked okay, pictures of her all over the place. She did. Susha, Susha, Susha. Menigel. Yeah. I yeah. Think she did porn. Wow, <laughs> I, have, I used no, to remember just, watching to the show back in the day. It used to come on one yeah. of the like yeah. Spanish channels that came on, but I do re- recall seeing an image of her sucking a dick. <laughs> so, so I think she did porn. Like that image is emblazoned in my head that the children's well, no, she, TV show she did was Euro, yeah Euro pop, and then they had the American version of the show where she spoke English really bad. But the thing was the creepiest is at the end of the show she'd take lipstick and like put lips like this real bright lipstick on, and she'd say, "Who wants to receive my keys?" 
like that. And then the little kids would stand there scared and she'd go over and pick like a kid out of it and like give him this big kiss with this red lipstick. And the, most of the time there was like a, a little boy that didn't want any part of it, you know, but the, I used to sit there and watch it cause it was such a strange, strange show. And, uh, but yeah, it was like the, her and her army of majorettes, like hot majorettes. So it'll, it'll just look like a, a strip club ready to break out, you know, but I'm surprised. Yeah, actually. So, so you saw it, Derek, you've seen that program yeah yeah okay yeah it used to be on like mornings when i'd come home from work and i'd sit there and watch that then i'd tune into s club seven after it <laughs> wayne you might find this you might like this and, and derek you might be backed up on this it's called brazilian national cinema it's a book by lisa shaw and stephanie Den, uh, dennison and it says here um i'll read this uh, Jusha, like many other blonde actresses, continues this day to be dogged by rumors of affairs with men in high places, affairs that she's always denied. Uh, it says here, um, uh, hold on, it would be difficult. Okay, Haley. It says it would be difficult in the UK. Uh, it would be difficult in the UK or the USA, for example, for an actress who had made an art house porn film in which she performed a <laughs> sexual act with a prepubescent boy to rise to become one of the most successful children's television presenters. <laughs> Um, it says so maybe that's why she picked the boys i guess so <laughs> anyway uh i don't know what the name of the film there's a bunch of films here listed and it's some of it's a uh, soft core or whatever the fuck but <laughs> either way it's very possible that picture you're talking about derek might exist <laughs> i never knew that like i just thought she was just like i like i had one of her albums it's like a euro pop album well, that i came across in tower records you know well, you can't you can't know how fucking happy I was and pissed off that I didn't know about it way younger when I found out that t- the Jenny answer what's her name um, uh, Priscilla Barnes who played Terry in Three's Company uh, she actually posed for Penthouse back in the day under another name oh. yeah oh, I didn't looked, know that either and, and looked and looked hot as shit God thank thank you Penthouse these were no Playboy bullshit photos <laughs> either. but um, yeah people with a secret past. Um, <laughs> I think Carrie, if you're, if I'm not mistaken, you are next. Okay. Um, now this one, it's it's in my category of, because I had all these things categorized. It's under my internet favorites or internet uh, guilty pleasures. But it's it was a it was a TV show. It was actually a series. It's all free, available on YouTube now. But it, it was a BBC series. On from 1974 called Fall of Eagles, and it, it it's essentially about the time period of the turn of the, I guess the century before last and the end of World War One, when mm. all those, um, uh, you know, all the dynasties in Europe were basically all the monarchies were going out the window, and I mean. They had an episode on there of like, and I mean, and I'm a I'm a history buff, but I mm-hmm. but there were certain things that they went over that I'm like, oh my god, I'd never heard of this stuff, and I was going back on Wikipedia and reading up on it, mm-hmm. and like they had this episode of, I guess, I guess the reason why what was it, um, uh, who who was the the the, the uh, Ferdinand who was killed that started World War One, the the assassination yeah, of uh, Franz Ferdinand, yeah, Franz Ferdinand. Well, mm-hmm. he was he was the main emperor of Austria's uh, nephew, but he actually had a son named Rudolf. Uh, he was Crown Prince Rudolf, and this guy was married, but he had an affair with like this, 
you know, 17, 18-year-old non-noble chick, and they had like a suicide pact. And he uh, he killed him. He they killed each other at a at a hunting lodge called Mayerling, and, they, mm-hmm. and it was called the Mayerling incident. And 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 the crazy thing was, you know, they tried to play it off like, oh yeah, it was uh, uh, an accident. He fell or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, and they're like, no, no, no. He he didn't have an affair with this woman. They so they 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 take the dead chick. And prop her up in a carriage and like ride her around town so people could see that <laughs> could see her in there. I mean, she's dead as a doorknob. Yeah, they, they rode her around so they could see it. But but anyway, you know, it's just like these little kind of backdoor um, historical thing about uh, Nicholas the Second and uh, you know the stuff with the Kaiser Kaiser Wilhelm. You know, they went all the way back to. You know how he had this anti-British thing because his mother was British, and mm-hmm. I mean it, it just covered that period all the way up, like I said, until 1918 when you know he fled to the Netherlands and when the Romanovs got got whacked by the Bolsheviks. Um, Patrick Stewart, interesting enough, played Lenin, and they went off, and I mean it was it was crazy. So you got you have Patrick Stewart as Lenin, and they were like there was like an episode and a half of him like debating these other early Bolsheviks and communists at these meetings, you know, and I'm like, and I, and I was thinking to myself, I go, you know, it, it, you know, the younger me would have been bored to tears by this stuff, but I was like, Oh my God, this is so great. Like it's John yeah. Picard, total <laughs> well, well it's, it's um, okay. So basically guys for the, for those looking for the nitty gritty, it was made in the 1974. There are 13 right. episodes. Each one runs about 50 minutes or so. Some pretty heavyweights, pretty good heavyweights in terms of screenwriters here. Um, two of them that I recognize, Troy Kennedy Martin, who did Z cars and uh, David uh, Jack Pullman, who did I Claudius. So as a BBC production goes, I mean, and a few, quite a few others, um, it was a uh, pretty, uh, you, the quality control is pretty, pretty good. And especially at that era of the BBC, a lot of those, a lot of those series they put together were fantastic. Yeah, uh, it was, it was really well made. And like I said, they're all available for free on YouTube. If you want to check them out. I bet. Yeah. Lord. And the names coming through. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of Kurt Jurgens. Wow. He was in, um, the spy who loved me. He played the heavy. Yeah. Yeah. He's he was, um, he's so strong. Yeah. Yeah, Strongberg, yeah. Wow. Jesus, some of these names. Whew. I'm just looking through the, the, each episode. They they got full list on Wikipedia. That's great. Um yeah. Derek, what have you got? Well, I feel like total garbage following up such highbrow <laughs> fare with what I'm about <laughs> about to start talking about. <laughs> Mine so is a TV show. show. The Archie. Uh, reality show, My 600 Pound Life. Which is about <laughs> morbidly, gigantically obese people who finally are going to go and mm-hmm. have the surgery to save their lives. And like, okay. and I, I don't like to laugh at them. You know, somebody who's fought battles with their own weight for my whole life. You know, I, I'm sympathetic. Sure. However, these are quite possibly the worst human beings on earth who deserve to have their legs turned purple because they have no circulation, who deserve to be ridiculed because they're just dickheads from top to bottom. It's like you weigh 750 fucking pounds. Why then on your way to the doctor who is about to 
check you out to set you up for the surgery to get you down to a normal weight? Do you need to not only bring a giant bag of snacks, but then stop midway? Because as you say to your girlfriend, baby, we need to stop. I'm starving. I got to stop and eat, baby. I'm starving. And then you get like two burgers. It's like you got around four separate meals, all large. (laughs) And then whining because as he's sitting in the outside of the van eating all this shit, people are looking and pointing and laughing. That's like because you're disgusting. (laughs) Why are you you doing this? You guys have all seen that meme of the woman in the Walmart cart, like where the thing is going right up her ass. It looks like a swizzle stick inside (laughs) in the goblet of wine. You know what I mean? Like it's just lost in her folds. Is that the one where she can't fit through the the doors while she's on her cart? I'm not not sure. She's looking. She's looking. She's tipping at least five hundred, and she's got these velvet colored like purple velvet stretch pants which got to yeah. be made from they got to be made from i don't know titanium to withstand the the, the fucking the, the for the ridges for the uh seams not to come apart like like that and um when you get i, I i'm the same i i had weight problems um all my life i was always a chubby kid not a not fat fat but like not super obese in the states i might be svelte i don't know and even now i know i could drop a couple but to get to that level of weight requires so much devotion and dedication to food that i don't understand <laughs> like i when i'm full i'm full like i i rarely get full anymore these days the expression i think was um that i tried to remember never get up from the table without wishing you'd want more always wish you had more food, meaning you still got room or you're still hungry. But if you feel full every time you're getting up for a meal, you're doing it wrong, sir. <laughs> These people are doing it wrong because you got people who, <laughs> like it was one guy. Oh. No, it wasn't a guy, it was a woman. In the doctor's office, as he's checking her, he found under her folds a bag of potato chips. <laughs> oh, wow. An empty bag. An empty you guys, bag of but- chips. Was under do you the think pole. that's real? <laughs> but do you think that's real, or do you think that's staged? I think, think it's, it's real because th- those people oh, are. Man. It's like the one wow, woman is saying that. she can't start her diet because she's pregnant, and dieting while you're pregnant isn't healthy. And she's no. sitting there with these gigantic sausages on her plate, and what looks <laughs> like the a mountain of potato salad that looks like the mashed potatoes that Richard Dreyfus was forming in closing counters. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tower of potato salad. And she's like, oh, I can't start my diet now. I have to wait until after I have the kid. It's like, like these people don't want to change. And but I think I'm a lot seen... of... Because if you look no, at only... it... Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's like there's two kinds of couples in this, too. There's the ones who it's two fat people who they sat down together and decided we're going to eat our way in this relationship to like massive proportions. But then you get the ones where the one person in the relationship is huge. And then it's like, mostly it's a dude, a skinny guy over here who let his girlfriend yeah. get to 800 pounds. And I'm like, dude, why do you keep feeding her? No, he's a- <laughs> afraid of losing her. I've yeah, seen like, that sometimes it's like crisis, that you keep shoveling food in this yeah. woman, knowing that she's dying over here. She can't breathe. She can't stand. Yeah, like, come on, man. A, sometimes it's a fetish, believe it or not. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but I think some of them are afraid to lose her, so they want to keep her fat, so nobody wants her. You know, so she'll stay with them. But then, I, like I, 
like I saw that. I've I've seen that episode. There was another one I watched where just a big fat guy and and the father was just you know would just go out and get him the food and the kid was like the rottenest kid going, and the father would just do anything he said. So, you know, the father was just helping him along, you know, and uh, but the kid was rotten. He just like back out orders like I want this, and then the guy would go get it. Like his father would just go get like big buckets of KFC and just nasty, you know. But that's how most of them are. They they yeah. are really like childish when it comes to the food. Yeah. They don't ask for food. They don't say that it's dinner time. What are we having? They say I need it. Yeah, and they get snippy with anybody who's around them who's not immediately getting like a, a, a backhoe and dumping <laughs> like loads of food in front of them. <laughs> and the best thing about this show is. When it's two huge people and one gets the surgery first, okay, and they lose all the weight, invariably they're going to dump the one who hasn't had the surgery yet. Wow, <laughs> because uh, I, they don't find them attractive anymore. Well, they're no longer fat. <laughs> well, there's. Have you guys heard of um, the term? Is called uh, uh, mukbang. Have you heard of it yet? It's a, a, a video of people watching people eat food. And basically, people pay money on like oh, a Twitch or YouTube this. or streaming yep. service where you interact with people. Like you, they answer questions: how, What's the food taste like? And it's supposed to the popularity basically is for people who want to eat, um, but they don't really want the you know what comes with it, which of course you know getting fat and all that stuff. So people who uh, seek it for they would just escape reality watching someone else eat. I guess it would be like watching a fish tank or something, you know. Um, it's just, yeah, I do uh, know about if, you're, if you're on, if you're on a diet to get your mind off, I don't know, actually eating cause you're just watching someone eat and maybe psychologically takes the, um, um, the edge off. I don't know that it would, if I saw someone eating a pizza, I'd want a pizza. By and large, the act of eating is not the most aesthetically pleasing thing on the earth. <laughs> no, it's not. And it's, it's not, it's, and it's not a fetish thing as far as I know. It's, it's just, it's just really, um. Um, I think it's especially popular amongst loners, like people who are by themselves or, uh, you know, single and, and decide they want company as well. It's like, there was a website called drinking with Steve. <laughs> there was a video. I think it was a video or not also a website that was selling it drinking with Steve. So you don't have to drink alone. You just put a DVD in and he's sitting at his fireplace and he's drinking like this. And you know, you're just, anyway, Wayne, what do you, you want to say? I think um, did, I had heard that in Japan, they had stations that just had like women that would just stare into a camera for lonely people. They just, or she wouldn't do anything. Just stare into a camera. Like, this is before the internet and everything. It used to just be, like, a um, cable access kind of thing. It would just be a girl that would be on the TV, I guess, for lonely people to look at. It's, I guess it's kind of the same along the lines of the um, the eating in front of people. Did you Have you ever seen that video, The Girl Who Eats Anything? No. She's, like, this Chinese girl. And she, like, she must have grown up on, like, a, a fishing ship because she'll eat anything. Nastiest things going, like, just, like, Periwink, we call them periwinkles here. They're like little snails that you find at the beach. And she has like a bowl of them and just starts shoveling them in, shells and all. And then, and she eats like a sea cucumber that actually looks pretty sexual, you know, but um, really nasty. It's really disgusting. Like just eats anything like, like whole, like really nasty looking clam things and stuff like that. But yet, if you type in girl who eats anything, she's this cute little Asian girl. 
but it just the stuff that she eats is just nasty. Well, the sorry to just railroad into that one. That's a whole other <laughs> fetish. Yeah. Fetish and disease. Uh, my next one is I'm, I know people are going to break out the uh, those guys are fags clip, but um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Highway to Heaven. <laughs> It's a show I still enjoy. Oh, Michael Landon show. <laughs> Michael Landon is oh. is he like third, an angel? His third successful sitcom, and and so not sitcom, but I'd say drama, I suppose, uh, with Victor French, who he brought with him from Little House on the Prairie, because people forget he was part of Bonanza, and I believe yeah. he actually directed some episodes by the end of it, and then probably did some writing, and then owned outright Little House on the Prairie and. Um, uh, Highway to Heaven. Artie, Artie Lang told a story on the Stern Show, uh, for those of you who are listening and don't know, based on the channel, what we're affiliated with. Um, the, 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 after the first season of uh, Highway to Heaven, um, uh, one of the producers of Artie's movie, uh, Dirty Work, told a story about going to see his father, who was friends with Michael Landon. Michael Landon going into the office and just saying, I just got my first residual check for the first-run syndication of Highway to Heaven, and the guy, he pulls out a check for $92 million. Wow. 92. Wow. Because it was family entertainment, and because yeah. it was, you could show it in just about any country, just translate it, it was huge. And because he had a piece of every aspect of it, including, including directing in some cases, and he started it, and, and he created it, he got shitloads of money for it. I don't know, there's something heartwarming about it. Yeah, he's an angel. He's basically there to help people on their way to before they die uh, or not necessarily sometimes it was about helping people change their ways before they died. You know what I mean? Like the husband who's a lander or a drug addict or whatever and trying to make him see the way. But there's one episode where he's in charge of, he's a counselor at a cancer camp and, uh, he's the Imus. (laughs) 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 Well, he might Michael Landon did have a good head of hair. Um, he, he goes uh, so near the end. There's this little, there's this couple that, uh, like, teenage couple that are about to kiss, and the guy's wig comes off. She did. He did she, people don't know that is. Oh, like you know, he's bald. You know, he from the chemo and stuff. And then in a twist, the, the, the girl pulls her wig off, and then they kiss. Oh, these wow. two bald teenagers <laughs> with cancer kiss. And I remember thinking as a kid, this is a little twisted. But at the same time, I remember thinking. Well, how amazing that they're actually showing this. You wouldn't see this in a normal, um, you know, sitcom or whatever, or even Family Ties, which is more like in the middle of drama and comedy. But I, I, I don't know. I still like it. And Victor French is this fucking curmudgeon. Looks like he's got 10 pounds of chitlins in his, in his beard always. He's got <laughs> like, you know, he's always got, he always looks like he's just been rolled. Victor <laughs> French, that the guy with the beard. <laughs> is he an is he an angel too? Or? No, he's just his buddy on Earth driving him around, and he uh, he uh, anyway he's and it's he's he's there to provide comic relief, I suppose. But it's uh-huh. more drama than anything. I still like it. I still enjoy it. So why uh, did he need? If he's an angel, he he can't fly. He has to have yeah. someone drive him around. Well, no, he. I think I don't remember because he was always uh, seen in the intro. You just see him hitchhiking, like <laughs> like Bruce. Uh-huh. Bain in the hulk um but then uh he picks him up like he picks him up uh-huh. first come friends i guess um i don't know can angels not drive do you guys remember the film the um the christopher walken film uh what was it that uh the director from highlander did it uh, it became a series uh what was the it russell called? mulcahy or? yeah he, he um the first film with um he plays an angel he plays like lucifer or something 
what was the name of that fucking oh. film? Anyway, um, it, it became a series. <laughs> In the film, Christopher Walken has to uh, reanimate the dead to help him out. So one of them, <laughs> so every time he needs to drive, he goes, "I can't drive." So he <laughs> he gets um, what's her name from? Uh, do you remember in Pulp Fiction? In the diner scene, Honey Bunny. Uh, oh, the girl, yeah. yeah, the blue blueberry. What's her blueberry name? Pancakes girl. Yeah, what's her name? Yeah. Fuck, Zoe. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, anyway, so he reanimates her as she's dying from an OD from a drug overdose, and he, she he goes, "Not yet, not yet." And she comes out of <laughs> dying. He goes, "She, she's the one in her smock, and they're in a diner, and she's she's <laughs> like, I saw the light. It was so good." He goes, and she starts crying, and he goes, "Enough of that." Enough of that. <laughs> she goes, he, he goes, he goes, you could spend an eternity in that skin sack or one more day with me. And so it's, it's a comedic turn. I'll, I'll come up with the name later on, but either way, highway to heaven. I just fucking love that show. And uh, it was just kind of heartwarming sometimes. I don't know. Call me a fruit. And we are back to Wayne. If I'm not mistaken, Wayne, give us your latest uh, embarrassing guilty pleasure. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go for a rapid fire thing. If this is gonna be the last time around, sure. Let's so let's let's gonna, uh, let, let's have gaps in comments. <laughs> yeah. So I got I got like one album that that like nobody likes but me is uh, Queen Hot Space. And everybody <laughs> like we talked about this before, but Queen Hot Space, I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's electronic. It's like the probably the danciest, most electronic Queen album that nobody yeah. likes. Yeah, but um, I still I'll put that against jazz any day or uh, like a lot of their other albums that um, there's so many good songs on that, you know. But then um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is like this, like I have the rapid fire thing here that I like Erasure better than Depeche Mode. Mm -hmm. And and I like I like the style council better than the English beat. And these are oh, all things wow. that, yeah, I, I like the style council way better than the English beat. And actually, the new Paul Weller that just came out—it's him going back to like style council kind of music. It's actually really good. I got it on Friday, mm -hmm. and it's um, but it's real. The new Paul Weller album—if you like the style council, you're gonna you're gonna love it. And then um, the other thing is, I like Public Image Limited better than the Sex Pistols. Yeah, well, well, that's that's not uh, we were talking about that. It's not really that impossible yeah. to think about because they were so vet, like such a bigger catalog. You know, Sex Pistols yeah. really had one album. Uh, Carrie, yeah, okay, Wayne. Who do you like out of English Beat and General Public? Ooh. Uh, who do you like more? probably. Wow, that's that's a tough one because I like the English Beat a lot, and I like and well, General Public has that one album that's really good. So I'd have to go with the English beat. Okay. Yeah, that's that's one. Yeah, that I'd have to stick with them. Okay. Like I like I like this. Yeah. You know, I was, yeah, I was gonna say I don't think General all, Public. What they have like two albums. They well, they had all more. all the like all the rage, and then there was one. I think there's one with a monkey on it or something, and I think they had three three albums, and then Rankin Roger had his own solo album. I mean, um, right. not Rankin Roger. The, um, what's his name? Uh, Roger. Roger. Yeah, uh, yeah Rankin Roger. Yeah, he did have. It had a green cover. Yeah, his solo album. No, but then there, the other guy. Wasn't his name? God dang it, Dave. What? Dave Wakeling. Dave, Dave Wakeling. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Dave Wakeling. Yeah. But but and then the, the what was it? The guitarist and the bass player left and formed Fine Young Cannibals. Yeah. With um, yep. with and they with did the that two two. They did that two um, two men a drum machine. Remember that it was like tired of getting pushed around. It was like a right. dance song. 
Right. Yeah. Okay. What else you got? Yeah, that's oh, okay. So, so those that's it for the music stuff or whatever. But um, and then the other guilty pleasure is like I really like like things like Ultraman and like you know like those kind of really bad kids kind of show things. Okay. Like that. Uh, but I I think that that's not so much bad because I think there is a a, a big amount of people that like that stuff. Okay. The, like the, I mean the the American Power Rangers stuff was like uh, it was too American. Like mm-hmm. I would have rather just watch a Japanese translated original version of that. Those, you know, kaiju kind of things with the uh, monsters and stuff, you know. Well, didn't we talk a little about, I think it might've been Derek, but you all probably knew him better than me. But uh, and the, when we were at the old place, we talked a little about how they edited Battle of the Planets from the Japanese yeah. real, yeah. Oh, whatever, right. what happened, where yeah. there was more like adult stuff that they decided to get rid of. And they yeah. came up with that seven Zark seven. Would, that, was that was, was awful. Was Power Rangers um, similar in that way that they were heavily edited yeah. or something? Oh, okay, I didn't know. Yeah, they put like those two, like the fat guy and the goofy kid, and and then they put like the um, you know, they had like the American <laughs> actors, and actually in in all those shows, there's only one woman Power Ranger, but over here the Yellow Ranger they made into a woman, but um, <laughs> they got to call him Tiny, of course. Carrie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was just going to say, yeah, that's that's it seems like a common thing. I mean, not too long ago, I saw the uh, original Godzilla the, in Japanese with a, with yeah. English subtitles. Mm-hmm. It's completely yep. di- it's completely different and a much better movie than the one that was yep. narrated by all, you know, of all people by Raymond Burr. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, then they they spliced in like American actors, like showing stuff on maps and stuff like that. Yeah. But the, it's don't even watch the American version. The the Japanese right. one's so much better. Yeah. It's a, it's a serious. The, the Japanese one's a serious movie. I mean. Right. Okay, I'll I'll just do one last movie. Um, it's a movie that was called The Final Countdown. Did you ever see it? It's like a about a aircraft carrier from like I guess it would be the eighties. And okay. it goes back to world goes back in time oh, to World right. War Two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was wondering if the movie was where the final countdown song came from. Nah, that was before that. <laughs> but they go back to um it goes back to like uh, uh, it's the Nimitz, USS Nimitz, and it goes yeah. back in time to World War Two and and I when I saw that movie as a kid it blew my mind because there's like a time loop kind of thing in it and and um Never mind. It's like back then I was like really big into aircraft carriers and fighter jets and stuff like that. But it's kind of a forgotten movie, but I really like it. And actually, that's out on Blu-ray too. And if you oh, really wow. look hard, you can find one with the 3D cover that I like. <laughs> the one I have, <laughs> it has like the the ship going into like the vortex. Um, but um, but yeah, that's another movie out there that's um, kind of forgotten movie. I think um, what's his name's in it? Um, Charlie Sheen. I think he's in it i think you're right yeah well yeah, if you, I remember, if, oh I'm sorry, sorry. Oh, maybe no, no, martin, martin sheen maybe it's martin, martin sheen. sheen martin sheen yeah martin sheen you're right yeah. uh well wayne why don't you just read the read the rest of them what you got if you got a, if you got too many just read them all um no, i think that's pretty much it um oh, okay i brought up oh. queen hot space um yeah that's that's everything um then i brought up the power rangers so yeah that's everything i'm all set okay carrie how about you all right, let's see here. Because um, we, okay. we scratched the surface of yours. Yeah, right, right. But I'll, I'll go through kind of uh, – well, well, starting off, I don't know anybody 
that liked this show. I mean, I had it taped on my DVR at my old place forever. And I, you know, and I think my DVR finally took a crap, and now it's lost forever. But I had every episode of Cavemen uh, recorded. Do you remember that? Okay. Cavemen? Cavemen? Yeah, okay. Remember the Geico Cavemen? Yeah, show? yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. They made a TV series. And it was, uh, you know, you know the actor or comedian Nick Kroll, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of the cavemen on this show. And it, it was very short-lived. I think, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I remember there were this. Like seven or seven or eight episodes before they finally pulled the plug. But I, I, I don't know. It was critically panned. Everyone hated it. The ratings were in the toilet. But I loved every single second of it. <laughs> you said, "You said that's for me." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "This show really speaks to me." I get it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I I just remember hearing that that was going to come out and saying they're seriously going to make a show for that. But what was it like, Encino Man kind of thing? Or? Yeah, yeah, sort of. It was like you know these these cavemen guys that are you know like oh we were a part of history and like the show would open up. And they would have these, you know, like a picture of Lincoln at like, uh, you know, at a Civil War battlefield shaking hands with a guy in a union suit. <laughs> that was a caveman. And, you know, like one of the one of the guys rowing uh, Washington across the Delaware was a caveman, stuff like that. And it's like, oh, we've been around you guys forever. But, you know, we're, I, you know, it, it, it kind of got close to almost to like, oh, we're a minority and and I guess the original premise of the show was really playing off of that. But I guess when they did the test audience thing, people were were just reviled by it. So they had to retool the show. So what they just they were just um, ageless. They didn't age. Well, no, no, no. They were like modern day cavemen. You know, like like one of the guys worked at a store that was kind of like IKEA. I mean, <laughs> you know, it just it would just put these cavemen looking guys. Oh, okay. In, in like these modern situations. Oh, so there was you know? like there was like they were just always existed, but it wasn't. They didn't. It was just like his gen, his ancestors would have been with Washington and stuff. Yeah, correct. correct. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, not like they were immortal or anything like oh, that. Okay, but yeah, it was you know just you know they they, they actually there was a I, I wish I could remember the name of the um podcast or excuse me the um uh the YouTube video. Uh, God, I can't even remember the title of, of the channel, but I'd give the guy a plug. But he, he did actually a really good kind of synopsis of what that show was all about uh, recently. God, I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was, it was really good. And they talked about how they, you know, the original concept of the show was going to be like they were in Atlanta, but it was like, yeah, you know, and they were down south dealing with, you know, like one of the guys was dating this like, you know, Southern Bell type chick. And there was, you know, it was like, it, it was too much to like, guess who's coming to dinner. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I never, I remember when it was K-Man. announced that it was going to be on. I remember the announcement, but I never saw it. Yeah, it was on ABC. Yeah. And 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 what's funny is Nick Kroll, you know, like I remember on Twitter, I, I follow Nick Kroll and I was, I, I like, I didn't DM him, but, you know, I put his name. I'm like, hey man, really loved you in Caveman. Not one freaking response, not one word. He probably thinks you're trolling him. You know, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I, no, yeah. no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not trolling you. I love that yeah. show, you know. 
<laughs> I did the same to I did the da- same to David Spade for a film that he'd love to forget, where he plays this existential religious cokehead, uh, and he's in his underwear in the scene, and that's like the only bit. Like Willem Dafoe goes to sell him coke and just listens to him do do lines and go, ah, no, that's the that's the Einstein's uh, fourth century a different argument. Uh, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Listen to this theory. He's all coked up and really speaking fast. It's called Light Sleeper. It's a great film if anybody hasn't seen it. Paul Schrader wrote it and directed it. Same guy oh, who did uh, wrote taxi driver and uh, i think i i think he he started talking about joe dirt on twitter and saying like what about this star turn in joe dirt and i go it doesn't beat the existential cokehead role you played in light sleeper and he retweeted it actually <laughs> he like oh, wow. <laughs> he's probably like wow you're the other person who watched it okay um no, you're lucky you're lucky because nick crow had he wanted nothing to do with that oh poor guy you gotta embrace the badness sometimes right. um what else you got on the list okay all right so TV, I've got Sanford and Son, seasons one through three only. That was uh, before uh, when Red Fox had that uh, dispute with NBC. The air conditioner, yeah. Yeah, like the ones prior to that are obviously the best. The first three seasons are are far better than seasons three through six. I mean, they were just running on on fumes on those later shows. Um, I've also got Ancient Aliens. Um, I, I just, I just love how every theory is, you know, the, the way they talk about it, they go, you know, well, is there life on Mercury? Well, mm. some people say there is, who's to say <laughs> that there isn't. And it's like, oh, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe because the temperature is way too hot. <laughs> yeah. But who's to say that there isn't, I mean, it's mm. like every, every, yeah, year, no. any kind of ridiculous oh, theory. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so let's see. Movies, I've got uh, Prometheus, which we, we actually talked about it, I think, yeah. in the previous, yeah, the old place. And also, speaking of Dino De Laurentiis, not too many people like Dune from the 1984. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, that's, so that's one of my yeah. guilty pleasures. But I like I like Blue Velvet. That's my very favorite movie, and he was right. responsible for that. Well, would you call well, the, would was... you call those guilty pleasures though? Because they, I mean, if if anything no, is a it's... huge cult following, yeah. I, I don't think it like Highlander two would be a guilty pleasure. The first yeah. one straddles the line, but I'd say no because it, too many people love it. Well, Blue Velvet definitely. I, I mean, that's David Lynch. David yeah. Lynch directed yeah. Dune too, but yeah. but I don't know Dune Dune the eighty four Dune is so I don't know people either love it or hate it. So it's yeah, I like it's it. It's a mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Now I've got some internet, internet categories here. Um, <laughs> sure. We didn't include it, but by all means, please, I'd love okay. to hear the websites. <laughs> all right. I, I follow a guy. These are all like guys you could find on YouTube or people you okay. can find on YouTube. Um, okay. One guy is his name is it's Lamont at large, and he's this guy <laughs> that goes around um, visiting different cemeteries all over the United States. Just okay. totally random. And okay. he goes, you know, like, just shows, like, uh, gravestones, usually with, like, pictures on them. And then every now and then he'll he'll do a little research, uh, usually on one or two of the graves. Like, you know, somebody that was, uh, you know, murdered or, or somebody got run over by a bus or something like that. And he'll have, like, <laughs> little blurbs. I don't know wow. why. It's just, like, I, I, <laughs> I, don't, wow. I don't know what it is. But I, I, like, subscribe. Anytime it comes up, I'm, like, I'm there. I'm watching it. Um oh, Morbid curiosity. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's what it is. Let's see. They've got a guy you might have heard of, Badlands Chugs. Any of you guys heard of him? 
Hmm. He, he's a famous he's a famous competitive eater, and um, <laughs> and he also could like guzzle stuff. So like he'll you know. Oh, I, I do know who this is. Yeah, yeah I do yeah. know that. Yeah, I've yeah, seen my, it. Yeah, my, my I'll watch that. My son yep. turned me on to this guy. Yeah, I do like, know who that is. Like, yeah, no, like, that's like, good. Double barrel shot like two uh, two liters of of uh, Coke Zero, which is apparently yeah. hard to chug. And he, I think he chugged, <laughs> he chugged like a, a a gallon of chocolate milk, which is apparently hard to do as well. Ugh. So, all right. Um, then we've got Fresh Out with Big Herc. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Big Big Herc is this huge, huge brother, but he's very. He's got like a very. Uh, he speak. He's a very soft spoken voice with a lisp. And, and but you know but you would not want to mess with him. <laughs> any any relation he, to cool? Any relation no, to cool Herc? He went no no he's a guy he's from California, <laughs> and he went to um, he went to prison on a uh, on a uh, bank robbery charge, and, <laughs> and and he also had prior to that he was in he did a couple of porno films, and he uh, recently he just did a video. He just did a video on Ron Jeremy and okay. his, take, his take on the, you know, the arrest and everything. Yeah. And it was, it was very interesting. Like I, it was stuff I never thought of. And he goes, you know, he said, there are a lot of guys in porn. Like he said, you think that, you know, the, the average guy thinks that, you know, these guys are out, you know, you know, having sex with these beautiful women, you know, mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. And they go, a lot of these guys in porn, that's the only <laughs> Like that's the only stuff they're getting. That's mm-hmm. it. Like yeah. outside of being on film, they're not getting anything. And well, I, you know, and I never thought about that. But I go, you know what? Yeah. You're right. You're right. Maybe. So, yeah, yeah. But anyways, he he's got he'll bring he's got a, a bunch of stories. He's got his own vernacular. Uh, you know, like getting getting beat up in prison means getting your wig split. If you get raped in prison, that means you got your cheeks busted. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, uh, you know, like you'll have, you'll have videos on how not to get your cheeks busted in prison, you know, and so, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really, it's entertaining, but it's actually, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting too. Um, let's see what else I've got here. I've got World War II in real time with a guy named Indy Nidell. Um, this guy, he just goes kind of day for day almost um, on like World War II he started like, oh God, it's been a few months, but he started like from like pre-World War II and he just kind of moves up and goes over stuff that, um, stuff that, you know, not just the main stuff like D-Day and stuff like that. I mean, he goes into this stuff in minute detail, almost like I said, it's at least, I think he does one video a week or at least one every two weeks. So it's pretty interesting. All right. So, okay. Music just. Quickly, um, yeah, I was a big Culture Club fan. <laughs> yeah, me too. No, me too. <laughs> Depends on yeah, the album. Too. Do you have Waking Up With a House on Fire, like, on display? Yeah. <laughs> no, not on display. <laughs> well, I, I I, it, it. Takes, it takes me back to, like, when, when you know, years ago when, when I was living at home. I think, I think I was, yeah, I was in college, like, freshman year of college, and um, I was watching videos with my mom, and, and – um, do you ever want to hurt me? The video comes on and I go, wow. I go, man, that, that chick can kind of sing, but she sure is ugly. Gee. And it was boy, <laughs> of course it's boy George. 
I had no idea. Yeah, me too. Some some little bits of trivia. First of all, <laughs> "Do You Really Want to Hurt Me" is an ironic song because him and John Moss, the drummer, I think, yeah, uh, had like a very abusive, you know, fruity yeah. relationship. And um, also later on, I believe it was with Pete Tong. Uh, Wayne, you probably know this. Do you know, remember the annual? Um, the, an- the, the annual Peter is Pete. Yeah, it's it, the annual is uh, a CD or series of like techno yeah. stuff. Yep. And there's a club in Bangkok. There might be one in New York. I'm not sure, but they were dance clubs basically, because just called the annual. Yeah. And um, it, Boy George ended up getting into DJing big time. Yeah. Like, and yeah, as I have a, those as albums, a career. Yeah. yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah, like that. Jesus loves you. Um, yep. That was that was another thing. And um. But yeah, no, I still I have the new culture clubs right across the room from me. I still still like them. I'm a, a big fan. That Boy Crying George game. biography, <laughs> the Boy George biography is one of the most interesting biographies out there. Yeah, probably yeah. next he's, to the Johnny Lydon one. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a good follow on Twitter too. He's actually a pretty yeah. interesting guy. Yeah. But he always, I mean, he the, Mark Allman and him pissed off a lot of people because they said some stuff about trans people. Because they're kind of old school, and um, so it's like it's weird when the like when Mark Allman and and Boy George become conservative compared yeah. to the way things are now. Very but Boy so. George always he has a way of diffusing things too with humor, and he's very witty, and he always says something that interests me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Let's see the, culture the final, club. Uh, yeah, I my my I can tell you when I was in high school, my my gaydar was just way off because I was also a big total village people fan you know and i was just like i was like yeah these guys are great you know i was, I was totally into all them. the village people songs were so gay though like how can you oh yeah Macho, yeah Macho, man. I know. past the ymca they did a song called san francisco yeah all the lyrics Key West. basically thinly veiled this is where you go yeah. like fuck other dudes <laughs> and Key West. Yeah, I, Key West so you was gotta think about it. You gotta think about it. I was a kid growing up in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm like, okay, well, I've been to the YMCA. I play basketball there. That's yeah. cool. I mean, you know, San Francisco. I'm like, yeah, that's a nice town. And I, I didn't know anything about Fire Island or Key West. <laughs> yeah, cruise, cruising. The other yeah, called exactly. cruising. Well, right, the um, exactly. Joey Diaz. I, I love Joey Diaz in the Church of What's Happening Now, but he, he is this great. <laughs> There's one clip. I don't know if it's still on YouTube. Somebody, somebody, just cut it perfectly where he he says his little daughter is like I don't know five or something. She said, "Daddy, what's gay?" And he said, "Dog, I just took my first hit in the morning. I was not ready for this shit." So I showed her a video of YMCA by the Village People. <laughs> oh man, I I could remember uh, like my we me and my brother. Uh, like I let's see, I bought the YMCA album, and I think it was called God. Was it called Go West? Yeah, that was one oh, of the yeah, albums. Yeah. yeah, and then um, he, my my mom gave him the money. He bought the Macho Man album, and we had like a Village People poster in our room. You know, <laughs> well, no, what happened with like, me? But I, what I happened had with no clue? I had no I, clue. I, I, I like, me, I didn't either. Like, when they when yeah. they first came out, I thought they were cool because they dressed up like tough guys, like. And um, yeah. I had no idea. So I remember I want, I was like, for my 10th birthday, I remember I wanted that that album. And then one of the guys, like, he's like, oh, what are you getting for your birthday? I'm like, oh, I'm going to get the Village People album. And the kid's like, nah, he's like, oh, they're gay. And I was like, well, what does what's that mean? <laughs> so I went I went home and asked my parents what gay was. And um, and when they after they told me, I told them, I was like, no, nah, I don't want that album anymore. I want the uh, Yellow Submarine soundtrack. 
So I ended up getting the Yellow Submarine soundtrack for my 10th birthday and no village people. Because after they told me they, what gay was, I'm like, ugh. You know, like, well, but you, then, well, you, you know, know, I I own all those albums now. And I, and I like, I love the, the humor because it's so, right. it's it's right there. And yeah. it's like, how could you, the, the music, the music's great. The production's great. <laughs> well, but yeah. and the, the, the songs are so, you know, like, I mean, you, can, you can't not hear YMCA. I always laugh at when people do it at weddings. You know, it says, you know, you can be with the boys. You can have a good time. You yeah. know, no, no yeah. man does it all by himself, you know. um, it's all right there you know no i mean like like, i remember that song they had a song in their album one of their early albums called fire island and there's a lyric it's like like, don't go in the bushes something might grab you and i'm like what the hell does that mean i i had no clue Uh, any, any, there's like oh. my roommate there's the songs of the songs oh, about right. drugs about taking drugs like ups and downs right. it's like I, I have my ups 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 and downs it's like about taking drugs you know yeah well, yeah, well so. you know what's, what's <laughs> interesting the original the original lead singer was married to um phyllis rashad, rashad. yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. and and so the, he wasn't gay and neither was the motorcycle guy those two, yeah. Oh, really? Those two, yeah. Those two guys were straight, and the rest of the guys were gay. Uh, really, like the, the Greg Hughes or whatever. I thought he was gay, gay as I came. He, no, no. I I read somewhere really? that, like he he wasn't. Now oh, I, I, I always heard I heard the two. I knew the two cops. There's two different cops or whatever, and I heard, I knew both of them <laughs> weren't gay. But um, the Greg Hughes guy, like they, I don't know. Have you ever seen the Village People movie? Oh, no. uh, can't can't stop the music. Okay, now this is a might as well bring this one. I, I have that on DVD. Oh, Can't, and, but the thing is funny, right? It's like you, you watch it. It's like the thing's speeded up. It's weird. It's got a real weird speed to it. And, um, and also uh, Bruce Jenner's probably, in it. Like, probably, a nod the to the, probably a nod to the poppers. Yeah, right. But the, um, Bruce Jenner's running around in the whole movie wearing, um, wearing like these little short shorts. Yep. And I remember I just recently showed it to my girlfriend, and um, and that this was before any of the Bruce Jenner stuff was going on. And he, um, and I was saying, man, it's just, he really looks really gay in this movie. <laughs> and that this is before any of this happened. That's how you know I showed it to him maybe about five or six years ago, you know. But um, but yeah, it's it's no, a funny I, movie. It's really no, funny. I know what, I know exactly what you're referring to though, because I had read somewhere because Glenn Hughes uh, passed away year, a few years ago. Uh, and I had read somewhere they go, no, he wasn't gay. But then I saw oh. a clip. I saw a clip after that of "Can't Stop the Music." And if you hear him talk, yeah, and, and his mannerisms, it's like, uh, man, yeah. you know, he has an excellent gay. He does. He does like an op. According to his Wikipedia entry, it says that he got his character from the gay BDSM leather bars in San Francisco and the sex club, the Mine Shafts. Dress code, <laughs> a club that a club that Glenn frequented a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, it sounds like he was just there for research. Come on, guys. <laughs> in, 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 the, uh, in the video, Wayne, you'll like this. In the video for um, Body Language, Queen, uh, there's a guy. Oh, it's like an extra in the video who's wearing a Mineshaft mm. T-shirt. I think you can see oh, it there. Yeah. Yeah, oh, they're wow. promoting it clearly. Like we didn't know when when I want to break free came out. I wondered what the deal was. Um, what else have you got, Gary? Let's go. I, yeah, this. actually, that that um that video wasn't shown in America. The I want I to break free. Yeah, and it, everybody it's, thought. It's really, and it wasn't even Freddie Mercury's idea to do it. 
I think John Deacon or one of them came up with the idea to to be in drag. So and then Freddie took the the beating for it. Yeah. Well, that, actually, actually, Fillmore, that's about it for me. Okay, then Derek, can we go on to your <laughs> list? Okay, rapid fire. Um, yeah. Piggybacking off of Carrie's uh, Culture Club thing. Okay, okay. I was a fan of Culture Club, like most of the world, but I also was a fan of Boy George's single solo career. He had a wow. couple of pretty decent hits. He, the yeah. Crying Game song. Yeah. yeah he had yeah. a song from this, this really shitty movie about a robot. Uh, that fell in love with, I think, Virginia Madsen. <laughs> oh, that's um, <laughs> that's electric, electric Dreams. That's, yeah, yeah Electric Dreams. Yep. He did the soundtrack for that, and there are a couple of decent songs on there. He, yeah, Love is he Love. Had a, he had a foray into New Jack Swing with a song that was actually a awesome club-banging song that they played oh, a lot in the don't, 90s. Don't Take My Mind on a Trip. Don't Take My Mind on a yeah. Trip. Uh, produced wow. by Teddy Riley. So yeah, yeah. Wow. Boy George had a pretty decent solo career, so I was a fan of yeah. that. Sticking to music, I love Yacht Rock. I mean, <laughs> I, I listen to <laughs> it, and I immediately want to throw on a Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> some boat shoes, snort a couple of lines of Coke, and what just is it like back this and listen supply. to Ambrosia. It's just, <laughs> is it like Chris, Christopher Cross and stuff like yeah. that? Or? Yeah, okay. Christopher right. Cross, Kenny Air Loggins, supply. Air Supply, Steely yeah. Dan, lots of Steely Dan. Dan. Big time. <laughs> okay. Um, blame it on Rio. Oh, that's, but that's a good movie. Yeah, yeah that's that, a good movie. That's oh, a it's... film that would that would totally me too. Michael Caine today. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That film could yeah. and never Joseph Bologna. Could never ever be made in the current climate. Uh, no, but not a chance. For when it was made, it's basically like a early '80s, late '70s porn film where they took out all the sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah, it's even the a... soundtrack sounds like it's a porn soundtrack. It's oh, what's up, Terry? Oh, I was just gonna say it's got a it's got a very young um, Demi Moore. Uh, yeah, the yeah, very yeah. young Demi Moore. And pre implants. Yeah, the main yeah pre implants, and the main actress is actually the trivia. She's from Phoenix. Michelle Johnson. Michelle Johnson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> she she is flawless in that. By the way. Oh, oh she looked man. amazing. Could not act worth no. a damn. No. Every no, line she that she spoke seemed like yeah. she was reading it for the yeah. first time. <laughs> but it's like it's it's just a great weird movie. You supposed to think these hot women in Brazil and this eighteen year old smoke show is interested in old ass Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine who Michael Caine who says in pretty much any interview that he's asked about it, he only did it for the free vacation to Rio. Yeah. And because really? it paid for like his third house or something, yeah, and you yeah. could tell he was very disinterested through the whole movie. Oh, like yeah. he didn't want to be there; he didn't care. Yeah, uh, so that yeah, movie, I love that. That movie reminds me of. Um, Do you ever see a movie called Summer Lovers, where they I think they go to Greece on a, a vacation in um, a guy and a girl, and they meet a third, a second girl. So it's like two two girls and a guy. Do you ever but see is it, it called I heard, Summer Lovers? Is it is it softcore porn? Or is it like was um, it like a like a rom com? Not a rom com, but like you know, eighties. Yeah, it would, it would have been like an eighties, like not softcore porn, but it's it it's shows you get a lot of skin in it though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter Gallagher movie. I remember Peter Gallagher made a movie that sounds familiar to that, where he was in some foreign country, running around on the beach a lot, and all the women were topless. 
like 90 percent of the time well i know he goes on vacation with his girlfriend and they meet an, another girl so then it was like the three of them and it the soundtrack was really good too it was the first time i heard depeche mode okay uh derek what else you got uh okay so i think i got one nicholas cage has like this weird direct to <laughs> streaming career where in probably the last two years, Nicholas Cage has made close to 20 movies. <laughs> yeah. Just Jesus. churning them out like he's a first year porn actress. Just like <laughs> movies after movies because he's got to pay off the IRS. He's got bills to pay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But within that mishmash of garbage, there's like always these little gems that he's got. And there's like five movies just in the last year that he made like uh one is Kill Chain, Mandy, Color Out of Space. I think the other one's Mom and Dad, and I'm blanking on the other one. But like really good movies that you mm-hmm. wouldn't give a second thought to because the artwork for them is always like <laughs> like they had a, a a high school graphics student uh <laughs> create the cover art for the movie and everything. But they're yeah. actually decent movies and it's a shame that he's making all these movies because he has to, and that some of them are pretty decent and no one pays attention to them. Yeah, but I love the garbage that Nicolas Cage has been <laughs> spitting out for the last couple of years. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I'm old as fuck, but <laughs> I like teen TV shows. You give me a TV show where a bunch of 30-year-olds are playing a bunch of 15-year-olds <laughs> having like all these romantic entanglements and emotional issues and all that type of stuff, I will set my DVR and watch that every week. And if you add like superpowers or some magic and vampires into that shit, it's like you got you got me hooked. That's Sold. all it takes. So, and there you go. That's it. Okay. That's my, yeah, that's my list. I'll try to run through them as fast as possible, which may not be possible. Project Runway. Oh, wait, is that uh, with Tyra Banks? Well, no, uh, it might have been. I think Heidi Klum, uh, yeah. oh. next top model, I think was was uh, Tyra. And uh, the the gay guys on that show were so like what during the time we were watching it, they were so fucking entertaining, uh, like catty in the right way and just the right amount of it. And then the projects that they put together, even me not knowing anything about fashion, going, who the fuck? I know that fashion's supposed to be avant garde, but some of this stuff is beyond gay. You could smell the fucking semen in the designs, and uh, and I just remember thinking like. I know that looks like shit and I'm not a fashion designer. Why yeah. don't they know it? And you know, some of this is all staged and stuff. It's reality television, but I, cause my wife loved watching it. I got into it a little story. Um, top gun, uh, which is, you know, no self-respecting film buff should ever own or like, or watch yet. I can quote <laughs> every line it. yet. I can quote every line from the movie. Yep. Um, Okay. Uh, one more, two more films, both by the same person. Um, Van Damme, I love his entire oeuvre. I love his, all his, almost every film of his I can watch. But there's, uh, when he got into direct-to-video, uh, or direct-to-DVD, whatever it was called at that time, he did two films. One of them was called Inferno, or Desert Heat, which was a, John Avildsen directed it. And it was an offshoot, it was a, like a, meant to be a tribute to Yojimbo. And he goes out into the desert and he's going to kill himself. And Danny Trejo plays his like army buddy. Who's his ghost from the, his voice from the past that helps him along. And then he decides to revenge, like take take out this gang in the middle of a town. It's a, it's a ripoff of your Jimbo basically. And Jamie Presley's in it. And it's funny as shit. Yeah. And Pat Morita is in it as well. You have to watch it. So, so, 
And then there's another one he did with Michael Rooker, who plays a cop called Replicant. And he basically oh. plays a clone. He's cloned out of a yeah. serial killer and he's right. used to track down the serial killer. And it's, he gets to play a bad guy and that one's really good. And, uh, okay. So music. I think I'm done for TV music. The single mama by the spice girls. <laughs> I don't know why it's just call me fag. It's okay. Um, Enigma's greatest hits. The love devotion, <laughs> something like that. Do you know? Uh, because... Do you know who she? Um, Sa- her, Sandra. Remember the the first Enigma song? Her that's by her name is Sandra. She was um the her husband was the guy that did the music for Enigma. Oh, she really? She did a song called Maria Magdalena or something like that. Um, Maria Magdalena. It was like okay. it's a um a, a, like a um Euro pop song. She was really big Euro pop singer before she did Enigma, but it was her husband is the guy that did the music for Enigma. Yeah. Her name's Sandra. Never knew. Uh the only two yeah. songs I really liked well I only got it for the two songs, the Return to Innocence and the one that, that was on the um in the film Boxing Helena. Uh I think uh, it's called Sadness, the Gregorian chant one. Yeah. I love that. I love that track. I still love it. Yeah. And then last but not least is Yanni live at the Acropolis. Oh God. <laughs> and you know, his image at that time was so laughable. Bow tie, white shirt. He looked like a maitre d' at a shitty like Greek hotel <laughs> and uh, long hair. And Linda Evans is in the front row. Cause he's still dating her at the time. That's, there's the <laughs> oh, video, God. which has a few extra cuts and I have the CD somewhere, probably back in Canada. And I actually do enjoy it because it's, it's actually, as I started getting more into different genres of music, I realized he was throwing in, world music where it didn't necessarily belong but it worked anyway and then he would throw in like mock opera so he because he was pretty gifted and he was actually an olympic swimmer for greece yes carrie oh i was gonna say i i you know i thought it would be either that or maybe uh zam fear the master of the pan flute (laughs) (laughs) but he also did in the early serious first year of serious he did an interview with howard that was fucking great i remember that do you yeah. remember that one where they started yeah. playing the David Lynch quote? No, uh, they yeah. playing his music also. I like to kill deer. Yeah. <laughs> Fred, Fred throwing a drop in. in that the was middle really of funny. Yanni song. And then um, they were doing. Um, they were because um, he wrote the theme for the Olympics. Yanni. Oh right. Oh yeah. You know right. And so he makes bank on that. And at one point they started adding lyrics. So <laughs> Howard's going, uh, "No Jews in the Olympics." <laughs> Just like this. And the, anyway, it was funny to listen to. And he gave it back to. Howard and he was a fucking good sport and you'd think a guy like this would wouldn't have a sense of humor but he was fucking fantastic already well, was throwing that, stuff at him he loved it yeah, go that's ahead. when the show was good when they'd have somebody like that in that you, you wouldn't think they'd be interesting and he made yes. it interesting oh like, yeah i remember him saying say that guy's name's not yanni his name's johnny i know it you know yeah well uh, yeah yeah. It is that. yeah yeah uh, but it is Yanni. It's a, uh, I can't remember yeah. his last name, but he's, he's, he's from Kalamata and, uh, he's a funny guy. Anyway, he told a story about going to a hooker when he was like 14 or 15 and he saved up all the money his piggy bank for it. And, uh, he said she looked like his aunt. <laughs> because <laughs> it wasn't really he goes i wanted it over as quick as possible so are there any more that we have forgotten you've all forgotten in the interim to, to wrap it well, all i know up? like just looking at my list now i think I, um, I i hope i didn't say this but it's like when i was saying that i like the style council better than it should have been the jam and i know okay. someone's going to jump on that but yeah the jam and, but then we talked about the english beat anyways but i think yeah. i wrote the beat like on the paper it said the beat but um but yeah like again i said the Get check out the new Paul Weller. That's my yeah, plug I, I for that have, album. 
I could have done a whole thing on ska music in general. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, I can remember being in college when that stuff was popular. And, like, I remember wanting to kind of really get into it. But, like, none of my friends, nobody I knew was into that type of music. So I just kind of, you know, yeah. it, you know, and I didn't go buy, go out and buy a pair of Doc Martens or anything like that because they looked uncomfortable. So, <laughs> you know, I just yeah, I still have mine. Guys are going to have to. <laughs> definitely going to have to wrap this one up because uh, okay. we're going we're going extra long so thank you all for participating and i want to thank everybody for listening to radio karate um we're going to be back with the next one not sure when but i think the theme was most punchable faces in hollywood we're going to take a second stab at that so on behalf of wayne carrie and Derek and sean we miss you in absentia thank you guys so much for listening thank you guys for participating and we'll see you on the next one